Not Quite Cool is a podcast that contains spoilers, opinions, and general nonsense. Listener discretion is advised. What? We'll just dive in because Rob looks terrible. It looks like he doesn't have long for this world. Um, you turned my light on. It was hurting my eyes. I don't think it's the light. I don't think it's the light that's doing it. Unless you're a vampire, probably not the light. Um, but uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to our wonderful podcast. Uh, hi, guys. Hi, folks there. This is Michael Roman, a.k.a. Burning Fires, or whatever the fuck that guy's name is. I had to do that just so Rob would listen to me. But this is not quite cool. This uh, must be important. This must be important, Michael Roman. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait. The, uh, spectral vision. Um, anyway. Uh, my name's Keith Brooks. Uh, here with me as always, and, and a pleasure to have him is Chad Dowdy. Chad, how are you doing? Hello, how's it going, Keith? Rob, you and are looking Enthusiasm is astounding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was the level, his level of enthusiasm is what you look like right now, Rob. <laughs> so. very, it was very deputy dog-ish. Yeah. Um, I'm, try, I'm trying to pace myself because Keith sent a thing of like maybe 80 trailers and 15 Jesus. movies. So I tried to catch up over the last 15 minutes and watch three of them. It's good. The movies? All right, damn. Trailers. Trailers. Um, well, then Spencer, what? Dexter. Yeah, it was actually nice. Oh, I didn't even watch the Dexter trailer. Yeah, even... new Dexter trailer just came out. Uh-huh. Nice. Cool. Well, then you, you'll be able to talk about that when we get into trailers. But let's start talking about movies. and Let's just dive straight into this thing. Movies? Uh, yeah, we're going to start with the biggest movie uh, right now and the record holder for Labor Day. Uh, uh, movie releases that Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, directed by Destin Daniel Cretton, uh, starring Simu Liu, Aquafina, Tony Chu Wai Long, and uh, Michelle Yeoh, Ben Kingsley. Yeah, Chad, what do you think about Shang Chi? I enjoyed this one. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, if I had to put it like the other Marvel movies, I'm comparing to that. To me, it, it just it's kind of square, squarely in the middle of Marvel movies, like it. There were some things that like blew me away, like the fight scenes were incredible. Like they were so good that some some of the best fight scenes in the MCU I've ever seen. Uh, I really liked the uh, the linkage to the MCU. There's a lot of different you know things that had it linked to the MCU. Whether it was you know the OG Mandarin, which you know we we kind of guessed that he'd be in that you know I think, and then. Uh, with Wong, and then the end. I thought the end was great. How it linked it all, and I mean, he's basically an Avenger now. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rob, what about yourself? Well, it was nice to be back in a theater for the first time in how many months? It was a year in March, April, May, June, July, August, September. Jesus, it was eight, 18 months since I've been in the theater, and um, that was kind of nice to get back. This was the one that drew me out for it, and. Uh, we splurged, went to see it in IMAX. It looked beautiful. It was uh, a gorgeously shot movie. Um, um, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. You know, it's, this was movie 25, I believe, right? In this. So, yeah. And, you know, again, I, I can't speak for you guys, but as a shill from Marvel Cinematic Universe, I just, like we've talked before, even the ones that people rag on and say they're terrible, I, I have enjoyed, you know, immensely. You know, I can watch... The Dark World. I can watch Hulk. You know, it still blows my mind that people think Iron Man Two is bad. I, I yeah. you know, I, I'm just a huge fan of that movie. Um, but that being said, I had a ball, and to me, this is 
this again, I'd say top 15, but that's like high praise because I think the top 15 movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe are all freaking awesome. You know, I, I had a lot of fun. Uh, the martial arts were great. Again, uh, different styles, you, you know, um, throughout the movie. Um, it was fun to watch. Of course, they did it beautifully. Uh, the, that train, I'm sorry, the train it was a bus. That bus scene was not only not only choreographed beautifully, but it was it went on. That was a long, extended, expensive. I can only imagine how long it took to shoot that fight scene. You know, we sit here and think I mean, that may have taken weeks to shoot just that fight scene on the bus. Um, um, I, I thought it was beautiful. Uh, a lot of fun. Very exciting. Again, they did what they did what Marvel does. They infuse a lot of fun, wink, wink humor. Um, the the choreography was great. Uh, they cast very well. Yeah. Look, yeah, you know, the humor is going to be subjective. Um, I'm a fan of Aquafina. I like her. Not every joke landed, but a lot of them did. It kept a smile on my face. Uh, Tony Leung is is fantastic. He, he is uh, the the weight that he carries around with him. He's so freaking grounded and still. And just by doing nothing commands so much respect on screen. Um, I, I thought the casting there was, was, I mean, exceptional. I, I think they were lucky to get him and, and quickly elevated him to, uh, again, the upper echelon of, I think, Marvel villains. Um, yeah. and, and again, because, you know, villains who, who you can, re- not, I don't want to say relate to, but you can certainly see their perspective and understand where they're coming from at times, how... Um, it's such shades of gray. It's not clearly black and white. And and, um, and it, Simu Leo was my big question going into it. I didn't, I wasn't getting a lot of, I don't know what I was feeling from the trailers necessarily. I, I wasn't, ugh, I, I wouldn't say nervous. I mean, that's overstating it quite a bit, but I guess I wasn't confident going in because of the trailers of his performance. It was great. He's so down to earth and charming and just almost childlike in a way in his, in his exuberance and in his playfulness with Aquafina, certainly, and then, uh, you know, moving into it. Um, that's what kind of I enjoyed about this, and obviously spoilers, but, you know, even the way, like, like when Wong shows up, they're like, I- I'm Wong, yeah we, yeah, we know you. They were almost starstruck at, oh my God, it's Wong. You know, it's it's amazing. It was just a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, they were almost lost at that point. You know, they were, exactly. almost, they were almost the audience, like, at that point, like, being brought into this yeah. world as well. Yeah, um, very much. Yeah, and, and and for me, like I loved Aquafina. I want I want to marry Aquafina based on that she's movie. Like, she's, yeah, um, so obviously, Morris is the standout star of the film by far. He stole the whole thing. Um, but Ben Kingsley was great. I love the fact that it it did so much to include so many other properties, like yeah. like Chad was saying. Whether it's a lot of love to Iron Man three. But also, and Chad and I had talked about, were there any people that we missed in the, the, you know, the little fight sequence? So there's one person there that has extremists, but the person he's fighting is from the Black Widow movie. Yeah, she's one of the widows. Who's, she was actually there. That's right. That's so, correct. So, you know, great job there, including the abomination, but giving him a more comic book accurate representation. You know, and, and it leaves like a lot of questions about now where do we go from here? we've deviated so much from the comic books other than the fact like they include the very first issue of Shang-Chi is the story about his father sends him off and he kills an old man. 
and then he has regret for it. That's the very first issue of that comic book. Wow. So we got that covered, but now that Shang-Chi has the Tin Rings, which isn't a comic book thing, we're open to so much. Is that Beacon calling Ping Fang Foom? Is that who we're going to get next? Or are they going to retcon the source of the rings and all of that? But I, but I totally echo the sentiment that the Mandarin became a fully developed character that was interesting and intriguing. And more importantly, that motherfucking movie was Chinese as fuck. And it was awesome that it was that. The, the ability just to, we're not just speaking in English for this entire section of the movie. We're, we're highlighting different types of Chinese martial arts films, whether it's the wuxia in the beginning that's very elaborate or it's the more Jackie Chan style martial arts movie. Just fucking phenomenal. I, I loved it. I had a thrill watching. Yeah, I, I don't know, you know, about what it's all called as far as the different uh, martial arts and stuff. But but I know exactly what you're saying, because I was watching. I was like, oh, that reminds me of Jackie Chan. Yeah. And I'm watching something. Oh, that's more Crouching Tiger. Yeah. Or that reminds me of Old Boy or The Raid or something like that. It was like all over the place with the different styles. Um, so it's pretty cool how they how they did that. What you're saying about Aquafina, I, I enjoyed Aquafina a lot in this movie. What I thought was um, funny, what though, is that I can remember um, in all the MCU movies, Aquafina is the first like that I can remember. Obviously, comedic main. You know, she's a comedian. That, that's what she is. And they cast her in the movie, but I don't feel that they necessarily upped her laughs. She was no. she was just she was just in the movie. And she was being the character that was created. They didn't like feel the need to make her have one-liners every uh, at every turn. Yeah, you uh, can tell there's there's moments where they let her improvise, like when she's on the bus and she starts talking about vaginas or something like that. But uh, I always, in my mind, I refer to it as the Eddie Murphy uh, situation, where they would cast Eddie Murphy and then let Eddie do a complete rewrite on the script so that he would be able to inject his own comedic stylings into it. And I, I completely agree. I don't feel like that was the, the the preeminent interest or concern here. Right. But and I was going to say, too, that back when you were talking about the Mandarin, I, yeah, I think he's a top-tier Marvel villain just because, again, his motivation in this, like he really felt when he when he was talking about his wife's talking to him and then he goes in that room and he's sitting there, I thought to myself, it'd be really cool if we heard the wife right now and he's not crazy. And then we hear the wife and I was like, Oh, that's awesome. He's yeah. hearing the wife. He's not just making this up to, you know, go to the city or whatever. He really believes, in, you know, until the, virtually the end that, you know, he was saving his wife. 100%. So, yeah, it was, it, it was excellent motivation, I thought. And, and I love the fact that we got like a little bit of an element of Lovecraftian horror with that. But then also the movie ended in a fucking giant kaiju fight. That's awesome. That's cool <laughs> as shit. Um, I did not expect that. Uh, so yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I love them. I think Ben Kingsley should uh, should do more comedy. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, I just think he's phenomenal. I love the fact that they took what a lot of the the hardliners, you know, thought was a huge mistake in in Iron Man uh, uh, three, 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 in Iron Man three, three. and. Um, and turned it into such a plus in this movie. I I didn't expect Kingsley. I wasn't sure if he was going to be in it you know, until I found out he was in it. But I certainly didn't expect him to have such a sizable role in this thing. And so enjoyable. And I did hear some people say it kind of took them out of it a little bit. I'm like, 
sure. know, it's a Marvel movie. Not every movie is going to be Winter Soldier where they're, it's, it's going to be that dark. I mean, there are different tones. I could have watched an entire movie about Kingsley's character. Yeah. Uh, I'm not afraid. I want to see him in another movie. I hope, I hope they use him going forward. Um, yes, I want, I, want, uh, I want Morris Pillows. I just think they're awesome. Uh, yeah. He's phenomenal. That, my, my favorite line of the movie was, uh, he goes, we got to follow a chicken pig. I, I literally burst out laughing. It caught me yeah. on guard. Um, my favorite moment is when uh, Morris thinks Ben Kingsley's dead and then Ben Kingsley's uh, like, no, I'm just playing it. And then Morris is like, oh, okay. And then drops dead. It was the best moment in the entire movie. So I love so the well. uh, Planet of the Apes bit. It was very yeah. funny, too. Oh, so, oh, yeah, so funny. Absolutely freaking hysterical. Yeah, I, yeah. I dug it. Genius writing, genius writing. Uh, the uh, the actress who played the sister, I forgot her name. I thought she was... Mung Air, I her last name, but yeah. Absolutely yeah, you know, tremendous. The stinger with her was very reminiscent of Mandalorian. The, the end of the yeah, yeah. Taking Absolutely. the throne. Even know. with the, the title card that came up, the Ten Rings will yeah. return. Yeah, um, it, that's exactly what it was. It was that's where they got that from. She yeah. was great. She literally could have her own spinoff. She's she that, was awesome. She, she probably she is going to. That's probably that's that that's probably what that meant. Yeah, I was thinking that's a Disney yeah. Plus show. In the show, she's Ham, Sister Hammer or something like that is her name. Um, so, but I, I'm excited to see what they do with it. She was. Great. I, I love the. I just I love the stories behind the scenes of the casting to these movies because um, you know you know Simu Leo found out he he got the part three days before he was at Dragon Con. I'm not sorry, Dragon Con. Um, Comic Con. Um, but the actress who played the sister, when she was auditioning, she had no idea what the hell she was reading for. Could have been a day player. She had no idea what she was reading for. I love hearing stories like that. That's There's cool. also this cool story that's uh, come out uh, from James Wan where he had called Simu Leo to be the main detective in Malignant. And uh, Simu Leo was shooting Shang-Chi at the time. And he's like, oh, I, I, I would love to, but I just don't think I can. I'm doing this Marvel movie. And James Wan's like, Fuck my movie, go make your movie. That's <laughs> fucking incredible. It's like hung up the guard, which I love that story. That's awesome. Uh, that, that, that's awesome. That's and again, she she said that she had no martial art experience at all before doing this movie. Well, she was so graceful and smooth in this movie. Like, holy crap, that's that she got a she got a big career ahead of her, that girl. I see big yeah. things. Big things. That's, that's what happens when you train, uh, Danny yeah. Rand actor. Fucking. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, uh, but let's move on and let's talk about another uh, awesome film that just came out recently, directed by Nia DaCosta, um, uh, write, written by Jordan Peele, when Rosenfield and Nia DaCosta, starring Yahya Abdul Mateen II, uh, Tiana Paris, who we might know as a uh, photon from. Um, uh, the Mar- upcoming uh, Marvel division, one division, yeah, one yeah, division. Uh, Nathan Stewart, Jarrett, Coleman Domingo, Kyla Kaminsky, and Vanessa Williams. Uh, this film is, of course, Candyman, 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 Candyman. I'll leave it at that one. Uh, I know Chad and I both saw Candyman. Chad, what did you think about uh, this new installment in the franchise? I really liked it. I, I don't know if we talked about it before, but I did not realize. I thought this was a reboot is what I thought this was. Me too. I remember we talked about in the podcast how the mythology was different and people were like mad or whatever. And it's not. It's a direct sequel. I mean, a direct sequel a direct to the first one. Like, yeah, it blew my mind when, when you realized that. And it was so clever how they did it. It yeah. was so well done to trick you and make you think it's one thing. And then, no, it's it's this whole mythos yeah. with the Candyman. And 
that's just the this overall thing. But as far as the movie, I mean, just it looks beautiful. There's beautiful yeah. shots in it. It's there's creepy scenes. Just every time that there was a reflection, whether it was like in just a, a window or a mirror, you're like looking to see because half the time there's something there. You know, not in the room, but in the mirror. So it was really cool and creepy how they did it. Uh, I was a big fan. It was funny when the movie first started, though, the the Universal logo or whatever it was, was um, backwards. backwards. And I was like, oh, that's cool. They're doing it like the mirror. And then every credit was backwards. And I was thinking, like, is my freaking theater going to be messed up? Like, it had me going. And then I was like, okay, it's yeah. a mirror like I thought. But, uh, yeah, super creepy. I dug it. Yeah. I, it's my favorite movie I've seen of the year so far. Um, and it instantly became one of my top 10 horror movies. I think it's better than the original Candyman movie. Um, Definitely. Uh, because And I love that original. I love Tony Todd, who's also playing Venom now in the Spider-Man PS5 game, which is dope as shit. But, oh, nice. um, but I've never sat through a movie that the opening credits made me nauseous just by the way they were shot. And I felt... Because the opening credit sequence is this upside down version of a city. And it just like made me so uneasy and uncomfortable that everything that came after that was just icing on the cake. Like it instantaneously put me in the mood for this. And I feel she is directing the Marvels and I will watch any fucking movie this lady does because she has the eye of Martin Scorsese. Like there are just shots in there that feel so classy. Like, even when uh, Yaya's going across the, the bridge to get to the uh, critic's house, right? There's just this one shot across Chicago slowly going in, and it was just so beautiful. And at the same time, talk about a way to move a franchise forward in the most should have been obvious, but still simultaneously creative ways. Choosing how she shows Candyman and how she doesn't what the character now represents. I, I, and simultaneously, she threw in references to Day of the Dead and Farewell to the Flesh and, and like all that stuff. And I'm just, yeah, fucking sold on anything she wants to do. And Yaya's performance was amazing. Uh, the, that, that twist, man, that twist, it took me way too long to get that that's where it was going. Me too. I'm the exact same. I was like, what is wrong with me? Yeah, like it makes so much shit. And like from the very beginning of the movie, maybe not the very, very beginning, because the very beginning starts with the flashback. But once the movie, once they're in uh, Cabrini Green, you see that they're talking about the first one over and over again. So you get the idea this is in the same world. But then it becomes Candyman No Way Home. And it just is like so good so good yeah i can't recommend this movie enough i just want to say i haven't seen it but i will say i do appreciate the fact that it's the only horror franchise that answers the question who can take a sunrise sprinkle it with dew cover it with chocolate and a miracle or two who the candy man can moving right along you know why because the candy man sprinkles it with joy it makes the world taste. What's good. the next movie, Keith? The next movie, unfortunately, <laughs> requires Rob to talk more because we didn't fucking see it. But it's directed and written by Lisa Joy, starring Hugh Jackman and Rebecca Ferguson and Tandy Newton, who I love both of those latter uh, two. And it's called Reminiscence. Rob, fucking, what did what's you? The next, what's the next movie, Keith? <laughs> okay, cool. And that's what you felt about Reminiscence. It was. Uh, I love Hugh Jackman. The cast is stellar. 
it just it just really drags. It really just drags. Um, I wanted to like you ever just want to love something, want to like it, just and it just it just I felt like I was pushing it uphill. It was just it was, how I feel about our podcast every week. Yeah, you know, it's it, it, it behind me and push. Um, it was beautiful to look at. It was uh, I, I know it was made by the uh, the filmmakers who created a Westworld TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe tied in also with I believe that's Christopher Nolan's brother, all Jonathan Nolan. I believe I believe they're all yeah. tied into this. Again, a beautiful looking. It just it just kind of missed. It was just the pacing was just a little slow. Yeah. Um, again, if, it, if you haven't seen it, it takes place in a uh, at a uh, post-apocalyptic future, the, the polar caps have melted. The world is primarily underwater. It's not water world. Um, and Hugh Jackman plays a character who has a machine or has the technology to um, delve back into people's memories to find clues to help them either solve their repress to solve their personal issues, or he gets hired by the police to solve crimes. And um, and it's just it's a cool idea. It just it just drags a little bit. And it's just, and again, I was watching it at home. I didn't go to the theater. It's on HBO Max. It's one of the day and dates. And I appreciate that. I do. I, I really do. Um, and I'm usually a good, I'm usually a fan of uh, film noir. It's, it looked good. It just, you know, again, if you're a fan of you, Jackman, maybe it, it, it pulls you through it a little bit. I, I you can miss this one. I, I'd say you can miss this one. It's a little slow. Okay. There you go. No, I appreciate that. Uh, then let's move on to our next film, uh, which is another horror film uh, directed by Travis Stevens, written by Kathy Charles, Mark Steensland, and Travis Stevens again. It stars uh, Barbara Crampton, Larry Fessenden, Bonnie Ahrens, you might know from the Con- uh, the Conjuring franchise as the nun character, Nisha Bell, Sarah Lind, and CM Punk. Uh, the film is called Jacob's Wife, a Shutter exclusive tells the story of a small town minister who feels like his life has been shrieking over the past 30 years, or at least his wife does, when she encounters the master who brings her a new sense of power and an appetite to live bolder. Um, Chad, I know you saw this movie. What did you think about it? You know, I like Barbara Crampton. I'm glad that she's like back to doing horror. You know, she was yeah. gone for a while, you know, took a hiatus. But so I liked some of this movie. It it was a little, it was slow in the beginning. So uh, Rob, I know you haven't seen it, but it's it's kind of like Santa Clarita Diet, but not fun. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. that type of premise. And but it takes way too long to get to the point where the husband and wife are kind of on the same page. And yeah. and and I and I liked it when that happened when they got on the same page. I was like, finally, we got somewhere. And then. And then the movie got going, but there was, you know, maybe 20 minutes left by that point or whatever. So I, I dug the ending a lot, but yeah, I just felt like it took too long to get with what it, what it was trying to do. I understand it was basically trying to say that, you know, she's like a housewife that, you know, was under her husband's thumb, you know, didn't really have her own agency and things like that. They just, it just, too much of that until, you know, the good stuff, basically. Yeah. I agree. I mean, the movie's basically a vampire movie, but instead of bats, it's more rat-oriented. And it's just, man, it's okay. It was... Yeah. What's the title? You said Jacob's Wife? Yeah. I just looked it up. I couldn't even find it on IMDb. Okay. Spelled with a it's, K. It's, yeah, that's why. Um, but yeah, but it's all right. Um, yeah, it's fine. But something that was much better than that, and we've got three episodes to talk about, and that's the MCU's first official animated installment in their uh, continuity right now, and that is What If... So since last time we spoke, 
Uh, we'll discuss this episode by episode. Let's do that. Um, so three episodes ago would have been the uh, murder mystery, right? Um, yes. So that is the story of all of the Avengers being killed off one by one and trying to figure out who it is. How did you guys feel about that episode? Jump in, Chad. Yeah, I think that uh, even going forward, the ones we've seen, this to me is the best concept so far. I really like the idea of what if the original Avengers were killed before they're even Avengers? Yeah. And then what happens? Um, so that, that was probably my favorite episode up to that date. It still might be. Uh, but yeah, I really dug the whole mystery aspect of it. And it was funny because um, for one, I don't watch the opening credits. I listen to what he's saying, but I don't watch it because I don't want to know who it's going to say. But, um, and I know it didn't say Michael Douglas in the opening credits. Rob told me that after the fact. But it was funny when Hank Pym showed up, I was like, man, this doing, this guy's doing a great Michael Douglas. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, they got Michael Douglas for this too. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I really dug this episode, that episode. Yeah, it was really good. And Robin, what did you think about the murder mystery episode? Well, just in general, I've enjoyed every one of these episodes, you know, uh, to the point of yeah, thumbs up on, on, on all of them. You know, I could, I could rank them if I had to. But again, I've, I've enjoyed all of them. Um, I like the murder mystery episode. Again, it's, it's again, a different genre each time. You don't, you don't know what's coming. And it's so you sit back and I go, oh, what, what are we getting today? What, what grab bag potluck genre are we going to get? And, and how are they going to put a spin on it? And uh, it was a lot of fun. I, again, I did watch the opening credits like an idiot, which I won't do again. Um, and I haven't done since that episode. Um, and I recommend people don't do that. Just if they want to get the full effect, the surprise, who's going to be there, who's not going to be there. Um, and also, I think also, and not to go off on a tangent, but if, if you don't know who's in it, you might not as be, be at the casting they do with the voice casting where they can't get the original people is pretty good these people they they get the best people to do it so yeah, I'm very good again I don't have the greatest of ears but uh you know it's been nice to not be hyper aware of when it's Different. not the original person so they do a great job so I think not watching the, the opening credits may also help with the illusion of who's of who's there and who's not um at a ball I didn't know who was going to die what was going to happen it was I was surprised each time um I thought it was, I thought it was a blast. I, again, I, I recommend this to everyone. And when they said, you know, I would watch it anyway, when they said that these things are canon and could potentially cross over uh, with the multiverse, I think uh, just so smart the way they're, they make all their movies important by making everything canon and back to Shaq for a second by, by referencing just a small of references to movies like the original Hulk. Yeah. with the Edward Norton Hulk and little things by just making all these other movies must watch and ultimately they'll all be on Disney Plus which will keep people just constantly going back to Disney Plus and not again not to go on another tangent but that's why I believe in Multiverse of Badness you're going to see Fox X-Men because they want to make all the movies they own must watch on Disney Plus it'll just make those movies more valuable if they're if they are somewhat canon I still don't think they'll do it. But but in, in the Order. expediency of time, since we have 900 movies, so let's talk about both of the remaining two episodes. We have Doctor Strange, what if he lost his heart instead of his hands, and what if zombies. Uh, so, Chad, what did you think about the other two episodes? I like the Strange one better uh, than Marvel Zombies. Um, it was weird because 
um, she does not die in the Doctor Strange movie. No. Right, she McAdams. So the fact that they act like this is a fixed point in time and she has to die every time. What I thought where the episode was going was that he was going to find a way to save her life, lose his memory, and be the Doctor Strange that we know from Ooh. the MCU. I think I interpreted that as in because in our Doctor Strange, she doesn't even go with him. So uh, in this timeline, I, I assume it's a fixed point in time that has gotcha. to. But it does introduce now that vocabulary to us of the idea of a fixed point in time. And I wonder if that will bleed its way into the films now that it's part of the rules. But go ahead. I'm right. Well, it was, you know, what I was talking to Rob about this earlier, too, is like what I always liked about what if is there were stakes where, you know, characters can die and then they're dead. Right. And even in, even in comics, they die all the time and come back to life. It happens all the time. But in this one, they just destroy the entire timeline, the entire universe, basically. So it's real stakes, uh, and it's fun with what they can do with it. Yeah. Uh, the Marvel Zombie one, uh, I liked it. I enjoyed it. I didn't like it as much because I felt like that they played up that, you know, zombies have taken over the world, basically, and it's pretty dire. People are all dead, you know, or zombies. And it just didn't seem as world shattering to them, to me. I just, I just didn't feel it. Uh, you know, I just didn't feel the tone of that episode. I don't think it was right. I, I mean, I liked it, but I didn't. Uh, to me, that that was the that's the weakest episode so far. Was the zombie one? And I'll, I'll agree with I'll agree with Chad on that one. I think it's the weakest one so far, though I did enjoy it. And the reason is, I sit here and I look at I have all five written down here. The difference to me is in the five of them is that in, in the Captain Carter one, in the Star-Lord is T'Challa's Star-Lord, in the Avengers murder mystery, and in the Doctor Strange one, which, which I thought was spectacular in, in itself, there's a, there's a level of gravitas. That, that the characters in each one of those four take the stakes very seriously, where in the zombie one, um, because it was, I, I think, not, it was led by Peter Parker and Mark Ruffalo, who... Who, not that I have a problem with them necessarily, but even in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, their tone is sort of a, sort of a make light of circumstances, make light of situation tactic. Even um, Paul Rudd, who you know was a pretty yeah. big character. Yeah, yeah for some reason, Rudd doesn't bother me because that's more that's who Rudd is to me. Um, but I, fe I felt like in a couple of movies, Ruffalo was sort of joking around with his character, and Peter Parker is very light and golly gee, and I just didn't feel like. I felt like in those worlds, I, I didn't see enough of a change in those characters to measure up to the stakes, if that makes sense. I wanted to see a little more, oh shit, in Ruffalo and a little more, oh shit, in Peter Parker. Um, like, okay, I'm still Peter Parker, but this is fucked up. Yeah. And, you know, and again, not that I didn't like it, I enjoyed it. It was, again, a, a lot of fun. And again, what a cast of thousands to come back and do that. I enjoyed it. If I had to rank them, it'd be like two, four, one, five, and three is the way I would go. Just, but it's so close. I, I mean, I really, it's one of those things where each week I go, is this my favorite one? It's just, it's because it's just so much, so much damn fun. And I'm, I can't wait to see what they do next time. Well, to me, it's interesting because I feel like every time we're seeing one of these episodes, it, it, it so far has been, what if an event changed and, and that altered the course of the things that would, would come? Uh, the last episode, the zombie episode, was more of what if we take these characters and put them in a completely different genre than what you're used to? And, and in that way, it feels more like a typical cartoon because, 
you know, you'd always have those episodes where like Bart, the Simpsons are now doing Dracula. You know what I mean? And for one episode, we're going to see them installed into these archetypical characters. And and in the zombies one, they hit every single one of those things that you have to hit to make it a zombie thing. And I think in reverence to Kirkman, who wrote the Marvel Zombies book, it felt like Walking Dead. But, you know, also added benefit that you have Deny doing one of the voices of Okoye, right? Um, but even to the extent of this apocalypse brings out the worst in us, including Vision and, and Scarlet Witch and all that stuff. So, like, to me, I really enjoyed it. But I also like good things as opposed to you fucks. Um, uh, the Doctor Strange one I love. I thought the Doctor Strange one was ballsy I, I i felt the murder one and dr strange are the ballsiest of all of them and you can't get the zombie one without doing that because those are saying we're going to kill all these characters your kids love and then it's saying we're going to make a hero into a fucking monster devil villain and then that leads us up perfectly to say now they're all going to eat each other <laughs> like, <Yeah. it's> like, <laughs> I, I did think it was interesting them and the dr strange one introducing the fixed point in a timeline yeah. Of, of something that had to happen. So I think that fixed point was that was just that timeline, though. In that timeline, she has to die no matter what. It's not like every timeline. It's not, I'm trying to still figure it out. Is it? I feel like you weren't listening to us like six minutes ago. <laughs> no, but, that's, but the reason I brought that back up because I wasn't 100% sure that I thought Chad had thought that she, because she, she, he said that she didn't die in ours. And I said, and you said, we no. But we discussed that, is what I'm saying. We we yeah, just I was, I was doing some research on uh, IMDb, maybe during that part. And I'm, I'm still confused, though, too, about it, to be fair, Rob. It's, yeah, it's a little confusing. Yeah, so <laughs> shut up. <laughs> you guys clearly didn't resolve the confusion of it, so continue, please. Well, well no. Keith thought he resolved it, and I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> when, normally when people agree with me, I just move on with my life. <laughs> Um, but we, uh, and, and that's what I'm doing now. I'm just moving on to the oh, next yeah. film. Uh, Send your comments in on the fixed point in the uh, Marvel Cinematic. Yeah. Uh, we're now going to talk about another film, another horror film, this time written and directed by Brandon Christensen. It only has four actors in the entire film. Uh, that's Sarah Canning, Osric Chow, Gracie Gilliam, and Barbara Crampton. In another film, this is another Shutter exclusive, uh, Superhost, which tells the story of uh, when their follower count are, is dwindling, travel vloggers Teddy and Claire pivot to creating viral content around their most recent super host, Rebecca, who wants more from the duo than a great review. That, that description is kind of misleading. But, uh, Chad, what did you think about Superhost? I thought the, uh, the bad guy, I think her name's Grace Gillum, if that's how yeah. you pronounce it. Yeah, I guess. Uh, that, such, a, such a fun role. Such a fun role. It's yeah. just chewing the scenery every time she's on screen in that movie. Yeah. Yes. I mean, just, you know, going from zero to 60. You know, uh, yeah, she was great. So I, I enjoyed this a lot. Um, this was a fun one. And this is not arrogance, but probably ignorance talking when I say we can make this. Easily. Like, Easily. I mean, it's four characters. Barbara Crampton was there for a day. You yeah. know what I mean? Like she was barely yeah. in it. It was the three main characters in one location. Like half half the time, the the camera that they were using to shoot was was their computer because they were doing like you know YouTube videos or whatever. Yeah, it was, it's so like easy to do, and that's what I mean by it's ignorance. Where I feel like we can I, do that. I think. Don't get me wrong. I think that loca a location that nice is out of our budget. 
But I do agree that we could write something that's very small, self-contained. We put a wig on Rob, and he looks a lot like Barbara Crampton. I feel like all accomplishable. But Superhost, I thought was super enjoyable. Like I, I yeah. it. it's not it's not Candyman, but it's still it was really good. I enjoyed it a lot. It was fun. Yeah, um, go watch it. Uh, moving right along, we're gonna keep going through this shit. Uh, this next one, I think I'm the only person to watch this one, but I watched three episodes of it, uh, and that's Nine Perfect Strangers on Hulu. Um, and it's got Nicole Kidman, Melissa McCarthy, Michael Shannon, Luke Evans, Asher Ketty, Samara Weaving, Melvin Gregg, Tiffany Boone, uh, Grace Van Patten, Regina Hall, uh, Bobby uh, Cannavale. Yeah, Cannavale. Uh, uh, yeah. So I've watched the first three episodes of this show, and it's weird, and I don't know what the tone is supposed to be. It feels like an Agatha Christie sort of piece, but not quite. Um, but it's just great acting all the fucking way through it. And I don't understand how Samara Weaving is not a household fucking name because she is a chameleon and gorgeous beyond belief, but talented even more beyond that. Um, And in this, she's just playing a ditzy character, but is fully committed to that character and making it work in such a good way. And to go toe to toe with Nicole Kidman I would assume is not an easy fucking thing to do, but she does it and still is shines uh, every, every moment she's on screen. So I can't recommend it. And I, it's weird. It's weird. And I don't really know what the show is yet. And I'm three episodes in. So that's a, a negative, but uh, yeah. So for what it's worth, that's that. Is it, is it one of those situations where it's like interconnecting stories or, or they don't really connect and they might at some point, or is it just. Uh, no, it's it's everybody is at a um, retreat. And so you, you don't have those like flashback sort of things. It's it's not like a crash sort of situation. It's all gotcha. real time. Um, okay. And you're sort of there. There are a couple of mysteries maybe that you're trying to unravel, but none of them are super mysterious yet. So um, that's sort of where I'm at with it. Um, but uh, moving right along to our next thing, Chad didn't watch this one yet, but uh, myself and, and Rob have. Uh, directed by James Wan, with a story by James Wan, written by Akila Cooper and Ingrid Bissou. It stars Annabelle Wallace, uh, Maddie Hassan, George Young, uh, Michelle Brianna, uh, Brianna White, Jean Louise Kelly, and Susanna Thompson. This is Malignant. Um, so this is a day in uh, day premiere uh, in theaters and on HBO Max. It tells the story. Madison is paralyzed by shocking visions of grisly murders and her torment worsens as she discovers that these waking dreams are, in fact, terrifying realities. Rob, what did you think about Malignant? I'm still processing Malignant. Um, I, I think uh, I think as we all do, we all hold James Wan in the highest of esteem. And it's certainly in the, I mean, he's a great filmmaker across the board, but as far as a pioneer in the, in the horror genre. Um, um, it's such a straight, it's, it's nothing like the trailer. The trailer creeped me out. I would, I mean, the trailer led me to believe it was really going to be a, a creep fest psychological thriller. I mean, really. And, and it's, it's so much more bizarre and fun, dare I say campy, than I expected. I, I've seen a lot of James Wan movies. I, 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 I'm a huge fan. To do this, he did this intentionally. And there's bad dialogue intentionally. And there's bad acting intentionally. And I say bad, uh, campy. I'm using the word bad. Bad's wrong. I mean, it, it, they're all talented people. Um, they leaned into the camp. They, I started laughing because I was, I, 
I, I lost count how many people just willingly walked into the darkest, scariest place, you know, oh, what's going on? You know, uh, you know almost leaning into the tropes. Um, it was fun. I, I think I laughed and smiled more than I was, than I was scared. I'll, I'll say this, the ultimate reveal effect is awesome. It is crazy fucking weird to look at and it's this disconcerting and you know the lead actress did a great job everybody did their job don't get me wrong it's beautiful to look at i felt like i was watching an 80s mashup um from the weird relationships and the dialogue um and um i'll say this the, the i think this the the music in it kind of didn't help it i i think he leaned in some 80s feeling music and he I think it kind of overblew it. And I think it could have been scarier if that's what he wanted. If the movie was a little quieter, um, then again, maybe I'm old and loud noises scare me. Um, I don't think that's maybe. But... Okay. Um, there you go. And um, that being said, at the end of the day, I had a good time watching it. I, the last, I, I say the third act made it worthwhile for the reveal and the insanity of the third act made it worthwhile for me. Yeah, I, I, I disagree on some elements of that. Like, I, I think the movie's fun. I think it's cheesy. I think it's very dumb. I don't know that they intentionally had bad writing, but I do still think the writing is bad. Um, but I, like, I, I knew what this movie was to a degree. I don't think I knew the tone exactly from the trailer, but I knew all the plot points from the trailer. And those didn't waver from what I thought they would be, except for in the execution of the reveal. And I'm trying to I'm trying to go around it so we don't give too much to Chad. Um, but just an element of the execution of the reveal was a little bit different than I thought it would be, and it was surprising and it was cool. I agree, very cool to look at. Um, but you kind of can get that too very early on in the movie. You can understand, oh, that's what's happening here. Um, but it is, I would say, Jalo meets one of those weird 80s body horror movies. So it is Dario Argento meets Basket Case or The Brood or It's Alive, where it's like, don't science doesn't work here, right? Like that's that's one of it's one of those movies. And it's cheesy as fuck. I disagree with you in the sense that I think the music should have gone further to be oh. more synth-oriented. And it would have brought everything together a little bit more. They keep using a Pixies song orchestrated as the main scare theme of the entire movie. And that's weird. Um, especially since that song is very heavily identified with another movie um, that plays with the same themes. So it's, it's one of those things that's very strange. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, I think if you're not a horror fan, you're not going to like this movie. But if you are a horror fan, this will be for you because you'll be able to go, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, that's the chick from uh, Kill Bill. Oh, my God. There she is. And shit like that. You'll be able to do that. Um, but it's OK. It's OK. It's not my favorite James Wan movie. But but I, I think he probably had a lot of fun making it. Um, um, so let's move on to the next film. And that is one that Chad watched. Uh, I saw previously and talked about it for a second. And it's directed by Sean Levy, uh, written by Matt Lieberman and Zach Penn, starring Ryan Reynolds, Jody Comer, and Taika Waititi. It is Free Guy. Chad, what do you think about Free Guy? I like it. You know, I just mentioned that I'd watch it because I just wanted to kind of say 
uh, to talk about your review last time where you were yeah. like, it's the funniest movie you've ever seen in your entire life. It's not. So oh. you can calm down about that. It's funny. There, there's, there's some good stuff. It's Ryan Reynolds humor, which I love Ryan Reynolds. It's good. Uh, it didn't necessarily confirm Deadpool 3. That's what I texted you when I was out. Yeah. I was like, I didn't even, what are you even talking about? I was There's a the whole movie. for it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's confirmed, definitely. So, <laughs> Keith's review, <laughs> don't even listen to him. It's a funny movie. It's good. It's definitely worth checking out. The, the cameos, or I, I guess they're cameos when they're just voices, but the cameos were like, so many that I missed half of them. You know, watching the closing credits, I was like, oh, when was that? Who was that? What was that? Uh, but yeah, it was funny. Uh, I liked it a lot. But There's a big, he, the, the big cameo is is the best cameo. Yeah. Uh, so the uh, main takeaway, though, is Keith is crazy with his freak out review. Okay, that's fine. That's all. Yeah, it, it's yeah, it's funny. Check it Did out. He said it was the funniest movie of all time. I don't. Really I, I don't no, he was oh. like, it's the funniest movie we have seen in the last fifteen years. Which is probably true. Probably true. Um, <laughs> because I don't think this next movie. I haven't seen it, but I don't think it's going to be the funniest movie ever. Uh, directed by Clay Tarver, written by Tom Mullen, Tim Mullen, and Clay Tarver, starring uh Lil Ray Howry, uh, Yvonne Orgy, and John Cena. I'm sure her last name is not pronounced Orgy, but uh, let's just say it is. And Meredith Hagner, that is Vacation Friends. Uh, Chad, you saw Vacation Friends. What did you think about the movie? It was funny. It, yeah, you're definitely right. It's it's not like top tier or anything like that. It's it's something because it's on Hulu. If you're looking for something to watch, you know, you just maybe you want to laugh or two, and you like John Cena, check it out. John Cena and his wife were very funny. Clearly, they were having a great time making this movie. They were like in Hawaii or whatever, they, wherever they were, you know, just having a good time. There, there's a couple of times where I laughed out loud. Um, but yeah, it's fine. It's just, it's just completely fine. I'll throw in my two cents for the first 20 minutes, which I watched. Um, and this is not, this is not negative. I really enjoyed, and I'm going to get back to finish watching this. It was just, uh, I, could, I couldn't finish it. Um, the girl who plays Cena's wife, I thought was doing a great job. I thought she was hysterical. And there's a Latino actor playing the manager of the hotel who delivered a, a series of lines that were so goddamn funny. I, he's going to be a star. And I, I, you, I think Chad knows what I'm talking about. Yep. Um, I don't know the guy's he's name. Um, crushed it. And th- those two are the reason I'm going back for it. And it's not for Cena and it's not for a little Ray. Uh, these two really were killing it. And um, it, it looked like it was a lot of fun. It was crazy, wacky, but um, I'll be back. I'll be back for more. Cool. Hey, keep talking to you guys. Cool. Um, the next two are, are things that I watched. They're both uh, nonfiction pieces. Um, one of them is just an interview, but the, this first one's a documentary. It's called uh, Bob Ross Happy Accidents Betrayal and Greed on Netflix. It's uh, directed by Joshua Rafi, and it tells the story of Bob Ross and how he become a ho- how he became a household name, but more importantly about the business dealings that might have fucked over his family uh, after his death. And it's just a very interesting movie. Like, um, I didn't grow up watching Bob Ross, so I, it's not something I hold very sacred to uh, me. But for the most part, it paints him off as a very loving, nice person. It does talk about him having an affair, um, but any of the negativity is cast towards his business partners. And it's just a well-made documentary. Um, so I recommend anybody to watch it. Um, and then the second thing I watched 
Um, it just came out yesterday on YouTube and it's called Being Bushimi, an Eve with Steve. Um, and it's Kevin Smith and uh, Steve Bushimi just talking for an hour, 45 minutes. And it's a fundraiser for Friends of Firefighters, um, which is an organization. Since we're recording this on September 11th, the uh, 20 year anniversary, um, this organization is used to help pay for the cancer bills that some of the surviving firefighters and first responders have to help them with therapy and stuff like that. So it, it's this awesome hour and 45 minute interview that Kevin Smith conducts with Steve Buscemi going through his life and his career, how he got involved in each film, all of that stuff that he found out he was in Reservoir Dogs when he went to a bathroom and Quentin Tarantino just happened to be pissing beside him. Um, and, you know, that's how he found out he was in uh, Reservoir Dogs. A lot of cool, interesting, funny stuff. Um, so, yeah, so I, I recommend it enough. And, and while they're doing live while they were filming it live they raised i think thirty nine thousand um, oh, dollars yeah so it's, it's pretty awesome so I, I can't recommend that enough um so that's all the movies that we saw now we're going to move on well, into we have a quick update we have a quick update my assistant d just texted me she must have overheard our conversation yeah, probably gonna be pissed that you called her an assistant then but that's fine <laughs> yeah she wrote the latino <laughs> she doesn't listen she, she doesn't listen a latino actor from um um uh uh, vacation, what the hell was it called? Vacation, vacation Friends. Friends. Uh, his name is Carlos Santos, Mexican actor. Was also in the movie The Valet, which uh, my assistant D uh, was working on. Oh, well, you probably shouldn't keep saying assistant though, because probably the internet might go out there in a second. If it looks like my head gets hit by something hard and blood, it's just an effect. And, uh, um, next, we're gonna a little, a little, a little, sorry, a little, little, little shout out to D Rie for the, the update on Carlos <laughs> Santos. Thank you, D. <laughs> What? He has fear in his eyes. Right now. You can see like he shivered a little bit. <laughs> he did. I, I, can't, I can't hear a very heavy Portuguese accent of you guys talking. I'm going to have to mute you. Um, well, fuck your facetiousness. That was hard to say. Let's go ahead and start talking about some trailers. Coming soon. Coming soon. Because uh, a lot of trailers going on. Chad just keeps sending them and won't stop barraging us with trailers. And our first one, directed by Lana Wachowski, uh, written by Lana Wachowski, David Mitchell, and Alexander Himmen, starring Keanu Reeves, Jessica Henwick, Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, that's right, the Candyman himself, Christina Ritchie, Carrie Ann Moss, Ellen Hallman, Priyanka Chopra-Jones, Jonathan Groff, Neil Patrick Harris, and Daniel Bernhardt, and Jada Pinkett-Smith. Pinkett Let me see if there's anybody else in here cool that I need to talk about. I don't see anybody else. Is that Ricky in the trailer? No. Okay. Um, uh, but that is The Matrix Resurrections. Um, guys, what did you think about this trailer for the new Matrix movie? I, I loved it. I mean, first of all, I love the first Matrix. Uh, I really like the second Matrix a lot, too. The third one's in it. But I'm ready to go back to this world. I, I thought it was a cool concept how... Uh, you know, they haven't told us the whole story. We don't know what exactly is going on, but he seems to either have forgotten everything, going back in the Matrix, whatever the case may be, and, he, and he's been rebooted or whatever. But uh, you see Carrie Ann Moss with him. I, I loved it. It showed him, you know, blocking bullets again. Uh, it looked like he changed the course of a missile to hit to yeah. the helicopter. I mean, it was awesome. The only thing that was missing to me was at the end, like Hugo Weaving saying, hello, Mr. Anderson. Yeah. That, it was the only thing I needed, but otherwise, yeah, I'd love this trailer. There were rumors that he was supposed to be back for this, and he's not. But there were rumors earlier on that he was supposed to be, but it may have been a scheduling conflict. 
Yeah. He said he'd love to go back to this. This is one of the, this is one of the uh, projects he did want to return to. Um, well, maybe they're all lying, and he's like has a cameo. Maybe. I think uh, I think Tobey Maguire is going to show up in his Spider-Man. Probably, so. probably. He's a different Neo from a different universe. <laughs> they're sharing them. I Neo you know, Spider-Man. I, I to me, the Matrix is Carrie Ann Moss, Keanu Reeves, Lawrence Fishburne, yep. and and Hugo Weaving. So to not see two of those is sort of weird. Um, but they also say that the Matrix online game, which came after the movies, is canon, and in that uh, Mor- uh, Morpheus dies. So, and that they'll explain part of why Yaya is assuming the role of Morpheus now. Um, I- I- I'm interested in it. Uh, anytime Keanu Reeves has a rubber ducky on his head, sign me the fuck up. Um, and and I like uh, Hamilton King George. He he's great. I'm interested yep. to see what he does with it. Um, it's a very different look, but I, but I also feel like you can't go back to do the Matrix the way we did it in the 90s. Time has moved on, and so we have to move on with it as well. Um, yeah, Rob Schmuck, you didn't really say much. What, what did you, how'd you feel? I just had an epiphany. Go with me on this, mind you. So um, I, I love the first Matrix movie. I had a problem with the second one. I'm, I'll be brutally honest. I'm not even sure I saw the third one. Uh, but over the next couple of weeks, I will revisit all three of them. Um, the epiphany is, you're going to hate me for this, by the way. Um, both of you prepared to hate me even more than you already hate me. Don't you dare mute me. Um, um, Neo is the one, correct? He is the one. Yes. Are any of you familiar with Sesame Street? Never heard of it. Never heard of Sesame Street. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. um, in, yes, I am. <laughs> in, in Sesame Street, uh, Bert and Ernie, uh, I believe... Bert or Ernie, one of the two, sing a song about a rubber ducky. And in that song, do you know what they refer to the rubber Jeez ducky Louise. as? Oh my God. Do you, do you know what they refer to rubber ducky yeah, as? Yeah, I know where you're going with this. What is rubber you're ducky? One. You're the one. You're the one. Now there's a shot of the one, Neo, and rubber ducky, who is also the one. Uh, is that overwhelming? Are you, are you, are you freaked out? Moving on to our next uh, trailer is a film directed by Pablo Lorraine, written by Stephen Knight, starring Kristen Stewart, Timothy Spall, Jack Nealon. Uh, It's also got Sally Hawkins in there, who I absolutely love. Uh, And that's a movie called Spencer. During her Christmas holidays with the royal family at the Sandringham Estate in Norfolk, England, Diana decides to leave her marriage to Prince Charles. Uh, Chad, I know you watched this trailer. What did you think about it? I mean, this, this was just a tease. Yeah. You know, that's all it was. You're seeing Kristen Stewart as Princess Diana. That, that's all it's showing you, and that's all it's what it's doing. But as I was watching this, you know, I'm thinking like, yeah, we all know the story. So I really like the tag at the end of the trailer where awesome. the other one says something like... Uh, you know it all. Yeah, they know it all. Yeah, but you don't know it all. It's whatever it was. So I was like, yeah, that's clever how they ended it. But whatever. I mean, my wife would probably want to watch this. I'm not... Yeah, I'm not interested. I, I watched it right before the uh, podcast um, from the makers of Jackie, which was great. It's it's going to be a high quality movie. I think I, I think at some point, Kristen Stewart's going to win an Academy Award. I, I think she's that good. Um, uh, I, I think she is so free and so emotionally available and so daring and brave. I think I think I think if we're lucky, the stars are going to align and she's going to. She's going to crush one that gets the respect of Hollywood. I think she's great in everything she does. Um, 
I can't wait to see this just because of her. I mean, I, just something else for her to do, uh, which is to show Rain to play. I hope she is completely invested. I'm sure she is. Um, I, I think she is uh, an, an actor of just immense talent, committed uh, above and beyond. I think it's going to be it's interesting. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I think she looks phenomenal. And I, I think she looks amazing in the trailer. And really, like, it was it shocked me how much I thought she looked like Diana, like in that, in those, you know, few moments we saw. So I'm here for it. I hope this is the one she wins the Oscar for, because I, I think I appreciate it. Uh, moving on. Uh, it's no stranger to Oscars. Uh, this next film stars Joaquin Phoenix, Scoot McNary and Gabby Hoffman uh, written and directed by Mike Mills. Uh, the film tells the story of a radio journalist embarking on a cross country trip with his young nephew, an a 24 film called come on, come on. Um, did you guys get to watch this trailer by any chance? Uh huh. What'd you think? <laughs> wow. I did. I did. My first thought was Chad's gonna love this. Oh, he's probably camping out right now. Probably. Well, uh, the Joaquin Phoenix is fascinating. Yeah. You know, um, Will I see this movie? Ultimately, I'll see this movie because of Joaquin Phoenix. And um, I, I didn't know what the hell it was about from the trailer. I didn't know what it was about until Keith just told me what it was about. And, I, and I've seen the trailer. Um, again, beautiful, very ethereal. Their movies to me are more like Deep Thoughts by Jack Handy. It's a, they're more like moving poems. And they're kind of, you know, it's kind of hazy and fuzzy. And I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? Um, will I see it? Yeah, eventually, but uh, I'm not going to run out to see this right now. Too many things. Too many things. Too busy. Yeah, Chad, tell me how much you you uh, came on and came on about come on, and come on. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, oh, <laughs> I, I, I could have done that the whole trailer. I wouldn't even have missed anything because what happened? <laughs> Again, what was it about? I don't know. I don't know. Let's move on. Cool. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Where's the story? And a fucking man. I love A24 and I love Joaquin Phoenix, but I don't know what the fuck that movie. That trailer did nothing. It's like, oh, the movie's going to be in black and white. That's what I gathered from it. Anyway, moving on to our next one. Uh, it is directed by uh, Michelle Savetta, written by Alex Felix ben Bindana, Andrew Levitas, and Michelle Savetta, uh, starring Shay Wiggum, Olivia okay. Munn, and Zach Avery. Uh, the film is called The Gateway. A social worker assigned to the care of the daughter of a single mother intervenes when the dad returns from prison and lures them into a life of crime. What are your thoughts about this trailer? It also has Bruce Dern and Frank Grillo, uh, Rob's best friend in it. Whoa, 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 whoa. Nobody talks about daddy, though. And fucking Mark Boone Jr., who I love. Um, he's always amazing. And uh, Taryn Manning from uh, um, Orange is the New Black is also in there. And Keith funny. David. That's awesome. That's a great cast, actually. It's, it's loaded. Um, yeah, Shane Wiggum. I tell you what, he's been, he's been doing great work for a long time. And I've seen him kind of co-star and co-lead in some shows and you know, co-star. He's just, he's great. I'm glad to see that he is the focal point. Yeah. He's, he's the protagonist of this. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting to watch him watch to see what he does. Cause he's going toe to toe with some, a couple of pretty good. I mean, I love the fact that Dern's in it. That was a nice surprise to see him pop up. Yeah. I've always been a huge fan of Olivia Munn. I thought uh, not just cause she's spectacularly gorgeous and, uh, and amazing. I love her. And, but I thought she was so good in newsroom, the HBO show. 
with Jeff Daniels. I, I thought she would, I mean, if you haven't seen that, uh, the writing is great and she, she's just spectacular. Um, it wasn't her work as Psylocke that won you over? That's crazy. Go ahead. It's her poster as Psylocke that you won me over. Um, nice. Um, again, they're all good. Grillo might be batshit crazy, but he's a good actor. You know, he goes, he, he does good. It looks great. It looks edgy. It looks dark. It looks, uh, the guy playing the, the husband who gets out of jail and comes back, there's something unnerving and intimidating, intimidating by the way he comes off in the trailer, which... Again, if, he, if there's a good antagonist and this guy pulls it off, that might be nice. It looks good. I'm, 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 I was curious. It said it opened September 3rd. Is it in theaters it, or did it go streaming? Where is it? Oh, I have no idea. Okay. I don't do research or anything. Fuck that. <laughs> Chad. Research? <laughs> what do you think about the trailer? So, you know, in honor of Olivia Munn, this is the shirt I was wearing. Oh, uh, fuck yeah. Also, she just announced... Two days ago, she's pregnant. She's pregnant, yeah. John Mulaney's baby, yeah. Yeah, so I'm a big fan of Leah Mudd, but Rob knows this story. Let me tell you the story real fast about her. So I was in love with her from Attack of the Show. She, you know, she's like a comic book girl. She's beautiful. I'm in love with her. They're they're doing like Comic-Con Live. And, you know, her and the co-hosts are talking about something. They have all these people coming up. And a girl walks up dressed as Black Cat. And Olivia Munn goes, oh, and here we have Storm. And I was like, oh, my God, the illusion is broken. She doesn't know all this stuff. <sighs> She's not really a comic book geek. My heart broke, I tell you. I, it just uh, broke when I realized uh, that she didn't know all of this geeky stuff. It's very uh, possible that she knows some of it. Yeah, yeah, very But possible. she mis-mistaken mis- someone dressed up as Black Cat as uh, Storm. Mm. And I, I was just like, oh, Olivia, you just broke Maybe my that heart. wasn't Olivia Munn. Maybe that was a wizard. Maybe that was a wizard did it. Yeah, a wizard did it. Maybe. Thank you. Uh, Thank you very much. It's a run a joke, but that's key. I, I could see you're confused. Yeah. Uh, it, it looked fine. You know, as far as the cast looked right. So it's yeah. interesting enough. Dug the cast. So yeah, there's, yeah. there's potential there for sure. I feel every actor should get one chance at their own taken like film. And this is this guy's. So I'm happy for it. Uh, The next thing that we're going to talk about is, and I know Chad is anti talking about this type of material, but it's just a clip or a couple of clips rather, but he sent it to me. So I feel like we're entitled to talk about it. Um, And that is adult swim has been releasing some, maybe it's an advertisement. Maybe it's just publicity, but it's live action, Rick and Morty. Um, So, Chad, what are what are you thinking about? It, it's the kid from It, and it's fucking Doc Brown himself, a Christopher Lloyd. Uh, how do you feel about these Rick and Morty spots? Yeah, it's like what do they say that the snake is eating his own tail or whatever? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Doc Brown <laughs> is it? Yeah. So I didn't necessarily see that until we could talk about it on the podcast. We're talking it about cool. it, Chad. No, I just meant like it was super cool when <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I it was like, oh my gosh, this is awesome i don't know what it's going to be Neither. it could be you know simply where it, it's like one scene and yeah. you know in the rick and morty thing and it's not like a whole thing but yeah to have christopher lloyd as rick and then you know the kid from it is fine you know but he sounded like morty when he was like oh geez i mean yeah, yeah. it was it was great yeah, yeah i dug it yeah i i hope they do a whole episode at least of them uh, yeah i think that'd be awesome I, th- I agree too. Yeah, I love it. I love, I'm a huge Rick and Morty fan, so uh, sign me the fuck up for that. And if they do that, I want Chris Parnell to be Jerry. Oh, that'd be great. Because, Perfect. Yeah. Yes. 
So, um, I, and I think the rest of the cast, yeah, just get their actual voice actors to do it. That'd be perfect. Yeah. Um, cool. All right, uh, let's move on. Because uh, the next thing, uh, because, you know, there's a chance that Rick and Morty, the live action could be a disaster. This next movie at least has a disaster in it. And given the track record of the director, might have the potential to be a disaster itself. Directed by Roland Emmerich, written by Spencer Cohen, Roland Emmerich, and Harold Closer, starring Halle Berry, Patrick Wilson, John Bradley, Michael Pena, Donald Sutherland, Charlie Plummer, Win Win You. Uh, this movie is called Moonfall, and it's about the moon fucking falling. The title's very descriptive. What did you guys think about the trailer for Moonfall? I thought it was a clever idea, and um, the trailer was clever, too, with the JFK speech. I mean, it was well done. I thought the trailer was pretty good. The special effects doesn't look like the best, but it looks passable. It it looks totally passable. So this is probably one I'll check out. Yeah. Rob, what do you think? I always, I always, I'm always pulling for Roland Emmerich to just, just to kind of, just to kind of always get over the hump and get back to like Independence Day. Uh, Independence Day, uh, one of the best movies ever made. Yeah, you know, and again, I, I love sci-fi. I love, you know, I love, I love the genre so much that if I don't see it in the theater, there, if I am alive on this mortal coil and it's on, I'm going to watch this movie. It's got, first of all, it's got a really good cast. Yeah, it, it's littered with great. It's littered with good actors. The story looks fun. It's again, it looks grounded. If no, no pun intended, it doesn't look campy. It looks like it looks like they're taking it seriously. Mm. You know, I'm I, I watched it. I was like, yeah, immediately. I was like, I can't wait to see this. Yeah, I I'm gonna watch it just because there is something appealing about disaster movies. Though I think we might have, you know, as a zeitgeist moved away ever so slightly from the disaster movie, or might have to recontextualize them for them to become a popular thing again. I think there needed to be a tagline that was clever slash cheesy about moon landing somewhere in there just to send it home for me. But fine, what the fuck ever, I'll watch it. Um, the next trailer uh, lets us know how long it's been since we've done uh, an episode of the podcast. Uh, and that's an MCU movie, uh, The Eternals, directed by Chloe Zhao, uh, starring Salma Hayek, Angelina Jolie, Richard Madden, Kent Harrington, Gemma Chan, Barry Coogan, Kamel Nanjiani, uh, Brian Tyree Henry, Leah McHugh, Ma Dong Sok, uh, Lauren Ridloff, and I think I've gotten through everybody. Awesome. Um, yeah, so it tells the story of these ancient beings, the saga of the Eternals, a race of immortal uh, beings who lived on Earth and shaped its history and civilizations. We got to see a little bit more about the world they're occupying. What did you guys think about the Eternals trailer? So the, the first trailer, you know, it was kind of like beautiful shots, you know, and things like that. And it just seemed like that... Uh, they were like, okay, you got that. Now here's the action. Yeah. This is just some really good looking action in this. Uh, I like this trailer a lot. Uh, I loved the, when they said, you know, why didn't you get involved? And they were like something like, you know, we, were, we weren't allowed to, we were told not to by who. That music oh, cue mm-hmm. when yeah. it shows the celestial is awesome. Agreed. Yeah. It, it was great. And then, you know, it was, the Eternals are almost like, because, you know, you've got Richard Madden flying around without it. It's almost like the Justice League yeah. of the MCU. You know, the Avengers are more grounded. You know, I know there's a God and Hulk and all that. But this is more like the Justice League to me, but in the MCU. Yeah, it's more epic. That that last shot of Icarus being held down while he's cyclopsing everywhere. That's a very visceral shot. Uh, Rob, what did you think about the trailer for Eternals? 
you know, it's it's obviously it's it's beautiful to look at. You know, uh, Chloe Zhao is, is obviously is, is an amazing director. She won the Academy Award last year. Um, it's it, it's strange. I have no connection to these characters whatsoever. I know nothing. You know, only about since this became got greenlit. You know, you learn a little bit about these characters, and it's strange. And though it is in the MCU, um, and I, and again, and I'm fans of you know these actors. I'm having a tough time getting excited and I'm wondering if the tone, I find the tone a little bleak and, and, and there's something about that. That's, I think one of the problems is too, that because of the ridiculous impending excitement over a Spider-Man far from home, I feel like I've skipped over this one mentally and I'm looking at Spider-Man no way home and multiverse of madness with such excitement, uh, you know, that I keep like this one seems like a road bump. It's like ugh, I don't want to fucking deal with you guys. I want to get to the rest of the multiverse. Now I have no doubt that we'll get bits and pieces of continuity what we're going through right now. So of course I'll be in the theater and I'll see this movie in the theater because I, Chloe Zhao deserves to be have her visual scene on a big screen and I will see it. And it's a Marvel movie, mm. but I'm, I'm not. I can't say I'm excited yet, and I can't. Other than the thing, things I've just said, my lack of uh, connection to these characters, um, and there's just some sort of bleakness is is sort of holding me my excitement back a little bit. That being said, they have my IMAX money. There you go. Mm. I I just feel like listening to that rant you just had. Thank you, man. Had to be like what people in the like kids in the fifties when their parents were like. Ah, that's rock and roll thing's probably not going to last. Like, that's the pessimism that I heard in your, like, that's the squareness with which you were uh, resounding. So, but, you know, go ahead. Well, as you say, is, is, is Rob's spirit animal like John Lithgow from Footloose? Is that, uh... 100%, yeah. <laughs> you kids, get off my lawn. Yep. Uh, John, I, I think he's more the principal from Back to the Future. You're a slacker. Oh, yeah, there you go. Fly. That's a good one. Uh, but to me, I'm excited about this movie. I love the redesign of the Deviants. I think they look dope as shit. I'm excited to see uh, you know, where it goes. Um, but it does look like a very sentimental yet epic story. Uh, I, I agree with Chad. I feel like that's what Justice League should have felt like. That like the, oh, my God. Anyway, um, moving on to our next trailer. Wait, uh, wait, Keith, before we move on, I just, I just want to bring the podcast to a screeching halt. Um, did you have like a conversation with Rob, like a come to Jesus moment or something with him? Because he's seen every trailer so far. Did you like get mad at him? No, you know what it was? Going in order? I think he's just been going in order of the list. And I started at the top of the list literally about 20 minutes before the podcast started. It's about to run out. Okay. I tricked him the other day because he made me do a bunch of bullshit work for him. And I was okay. waiting for it to render. So I'm like, Oh, I'm just going to play some trailers in the background. And, th- and that's sort of how he's aware of a lot of it. He entertained gotcha. me. Yeah. Trailers. Yes, he's nice. Okay. Uh, so let's move on to the next one. Uh, the next one is something I'm looking forward to, a movie called Best Sellers, uh, directed by Lena Rossler, written by Anthony Greco, starring Aubrey Plaza, Scott Speedman, Carrie, is it Elways? El- Yules? I don't know. How Elways. 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 And Sir Michael Kite. Um, so it tells the story about a curmudgeon, cranky, retired author reluctantly embarking on his final book tour to help out a young publisher. What do you guys think about this trailer? Haven't seen it. So, <laughs> there we go. I'm glad I, I'm glad I made the comment when I did. 
So <laughs> when I when I pulled this one up, there were two different thumbnails. One was Aubrey Plaza with a shotgun. And I was like, oh cool, this looks interesting. The other thumbnail was Michael Kane crying. And I was like, oh drama, great. So <laughs> I watched it and it was like, it's gonna make me feel something. No thanks. <laughs> I'm just a sucker for how cute Aubrey Plaza is and how good Michael Kane is. Ebony, he's always gonna be Ebony's Scrooge from Up at Christmas Carol for me, but I fucking love him. <laughs> More than life itself. Um uh, let's move on to our next one. Spider-Man No Way Home. John Watts. Chris McKenna uh, wrote it. Eric Summers helped write it. Based on the characters by Steve Ditko. And it stars Zendaya, Tom Holland, Alfred Molina, Marissa Tomei, Benedict Cumberbatch. According to IMDb, Willem Dafoe, uh, Andrew Rice, John Favreau, J.K. Simmons, Benedict Wong, uh, Jacob Batalon, Jamie Foxx, Martin Starr, Harry Holland. Uh, Paula Newsom, Tony Revolori, J.B. Smoove, Hannibal Burris, but I'm sure it's also going to have Christopher Reeve in it, according to rumors. Uh, I think George Washington's going to show up. It's Spider-Man. It feels more like a Spider-Man comic book than anything I've ever seen in my life. Uh, how'd you feel about it? it? It's funny. It's it's one more day, you yeah. know, from straight up one more, except for without Mephisto. That's yeah. the only yeah. But so, who or is it? Yeah, exactly. You, you it know, is. But... It's straight up without Mephisto. It's gonna go. Is it without Mephisto? Maybe this is where Mephisto shows up. Yeah, I'm telling you. It's so, <laughs> so Keith is on set. He signed an NDA. He's trying not to tell us, but he's telling us. I'm playing, but no. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm not in that movie. I'm Mephisto. Yeah, but yeah I was. I, I never thought we'd see one more day in the MCU. It's crazy that that's what we're getting. Um, what I wish, though, and Robin, I've talked about this before. I really wish, and not just because you said the cast, but I wish I didn't know who was in this movie. Yes, you know, like the rumors of who's going to be in it. Like, I just it would have been if I'd been in the theater and I see some of the people or the rumors. I, it would be incredible if I was going in blind for this movie. Not all of them, but this is one that would be so good to not know. Yeah, it blows but, my that mind. The awesome. It blows my mind that people out there who do who, these, 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 these vloggers out there, the, these insiders who want to release this information that, you know, Keith always talks about, you don't like good things. You don't like joy. The, to be able to recreate, I was with Chad when we went to see uh, Spider-Man uh, Far From Home. And when J.K. Simmons popped, and I didn't know he was in it. I literally, I, I never jump up. I never, I fucking jumped up yeah. and screamed. Like, yeah, I fucking did that in the middle of the theater. I was like, what the? To, to, had I known that, of course, never would have happened. I, I, that's why it, it kind of, I try to, try to have an aversion to anything on YouTube. I've unsubscribed from all these different podcasts because I don't want to know anything what's coming up in these movies now. Because I want, I want that Luke Skywalker at the end of Mandalorian again. I want the, the J.K. Simmons. I want, I, again, if, you know, if, if Daredevil's in it, I want I, I want to forget it. I want to forget what I know, and then just go in there and go, oh yeah, that's amazing, is what I want. And the fact that people don't want that, just that that's that's the sign of the apocalypse. Thank you very much. Yeah, but I think it's that people get so invested in this world that they want to talk about it more, and and they're often doing fan casting and their own version of what if. I think we're at this stage now where speculation is so rampant. I don't think Daredevil's in this movie. Like, I don't think. You don't think what? I don't think Daredevil's going to be in this movie at all. 
Keep your time out for five minutes. Don't ruin my shit. Don't don't you dare. But see, that's it. Like you're you're tricking you. Of course, he's tricking you, Rob. He's tricking you though. Daredevil's gonna be in the movie. He's trying to make you forget. You just said I want to forget. Thank Think you, about thank it. you, Keith. Thank you, thank you for it. Stop <laughs> talking, Crawl. Go. Thank you, thank you, Mephisto. <laughs> yep, uh, I Mephisted you. That's what I did. That should be his tagline. Thanks for Mephisto. Yeah, uh, I'm excited about it. Like I, I, I agree with Shock. Uh, I agree with Shock. I agree with Chad. I'm shocked that that's the storyline we're getting, given wow. that that is one of the most unpopular storylines in all of Spider-Man history. Like but, maybe Clone Saga. You yeah. know, is but that's that's the thing. I thought about that last night. What if Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire show up, but they're Ben Parker, and like you know what I mean? It's Scarlet Spider. Like I would, I would shit, I would shit in the middle of the theater to show approval. That's what I would do. Um, but we could talk about Spider Man forever. Let's talk about a uh, you know a movie, a subject matter that has far less conversation to it, so we can get through this, and that's Star Wars. Uh, Lego Star Wars Terrifying <laughs> Tales uh, coming to Disney Plus on October 1st, 2021. It's basically fucking Star Wars does Treehouse of Horror uh, with different scary stories set in the Star Wars universe. Chad, what do you think about this? Yeah, I, I'm, all, I'm all for this. I'm going to watch it. Uh, yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, like you said, it's it's like you, you said Treehouse of Horror is like what if is what I was thinking of the Star Wars. I mean, it's just, yeah. but you know, kind of horror. The horror chant like Treehouse of Horror. So yeah, you know, I'm not the biggest fan in general of like the Lego aesthetic, mm-hmm. but it doesn't bother me. It's completely fine. If they're going to give it to me in Star Wars, I'll watch it. Yeah, I'm, I'm here for it. I like the, they did a, a Lego Star Wars holiday special uh, where they brought like back the light yeah. It was great. I loved it. Yeah. I, you know, super it enjoyed it. Um, but that's not the only television uh, sort of project we're looking at uh, this week. We're also looking at an Amazon Prime original uh, created by Rafi Judkins. Uh, set in a high fantasy world where magic exists, but only some can access it. A woman named Moraine crosses paths with five young men and women. This sparks a dangerous world-spanning journey based on the book series by Robert Jordan. Of course, this is The Wheel of Time, starring Rosamund Pike and Joshua Stradowski, Marcus Rutherford, Zoe Robbins, Sophie Okonedo, Barney Harris, and the list goes on and on and on. This is Amazon's precursor to Lord of the Rings. This is where they spent a shit ton of money. What do you guys think about the trailer for The Wheel of Time? So, you know, I never read the book series. I remember being in school, like always thinking about, oh, I need to check this out. And I just never did. So I don't really know anything about it, the story mm-hmm. or anything. I thought it looked super cool. Uh, the trailer looked good. Um, but then, you know, when I realized it was a series, I was like, uh, it's just... I'll just have to see, you know, like what yeah. other people are saying about it. You know, you know, what's the series? Is it going to be, you know, 10 one hour episodes? You know, is it going to be six, six hour episodes? You know, what, what's it going to be? So it's, it's just going to be iffy. I'm just going to have to see. If yeah. I'm going to check this one out. Yeah. I agree. I did not see that trailer, but based on Chad's review of the trailer, I'll watch the trailer. Cool. Well, that's good. I like Rosamund Pike. She can do no wrong to me. She is phenomenal. Yeah. She's cool. Um, now we're going to talk about a really cool property that Disney is utilizing for all it can. It just announced this week that Owen Wilson would star in a movie of it, but not this movie of it. Uh, this is The Muppets Haunted Mansion. Now, we know The Haunted Mansion from the Disney um, attraction. Uh, this film will see The Muppets within that world, starring Darren Chris as the caretaker and featuring all of your favorite Muppets on Halloween night. 
Gonzo is challenged to spend one night in the haunted mansion. This is what unfolds. Uh, Chad, what do you think about this little sneak peek of Muppets Haunted Mansion? It's very close to a clip, Keith. I know. Very close. I was like, am I even watching the right thing? This is, and I kept looking. I couldn't find the trailer. I feel like I was tricked. Uh, I'm not a Muppets guy anyway, so it doesn't matter. God uh, damn it. Not interested. Yeah, Rock and Roll's probably not going to last. That's why I think it's both of you all right now. Uh, <laughs> Robert Ducky, you're the one. Yeah, yeah this he likes Sesame Street. was awesome. It was just Gonzo and Pepe, the prawn, talking. It was wonderful. Uh, but that does remind me, in the Being Bushimi thing, Steve Buscemi talks about doing Monsters, Inc. And that they, you know, Pixar, you normally have to record by yourself, except for John Candy and Billy Crystal got to record the entire time together. And he only had one session where he was allowed to record with somebody else. And it was the the actor who played his assistant, which was Frank Oz. So he's talking about how he gets to yell at Frank Oz. And he was so starstruck the entire time because it's fucking Frank Oz. And Frank Oz is telling him, like, yeah, when I was directing Brando, he really thought that, well, and all this shit. And so Bashimi's freaking the fuck out. And uh, and Frank Oz comes up to him and he's like, hey, if I slip into like Fozzie Bear or something, correct me. Okay. And Bushimi's like, how the fuck am I going to correct you <laughs> about slipping into Fozzie Bear? Anyway, uh, moving on to our next trailer, which could be just as intimidating and terrifying. The new film from Mike Flanagan starring Raul Aburi, Crystal Ballant, and Matt Bedell. I actually don't know that this is a film. It's not. It's a television series. That's crazy. I just realized that. Uh, it also stars Annabeth Gish from The X-Files, who I absolutely love. Raul Coley from uh, How, uh, Hunting of Hill House. Um, and Kate Siegel, who is uh, Matt Flanagan's uh, wife, as well as Henry Thomas, is also going to be in here as well. That is Midnight Mass. Uh, what did you guys think about the trailer for Midnight Mass? Rob, did you see Midnight Mass? Uh, yeah, I actually watched it with Keith the other night. It was, it was creepy as all hell. I thought it had a great. I thought it was a great trailer. I thought it really, wow! It just just lured you in seductively and just became something very very creepy. I was very surprised by it. Um, um, yeah, I'm I'm on board. I want to see where this goes a little bit. I, I thought I thought it was a good trailer. I, I I found it surprisingly creepy by the end. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was creepy too. I, I was intrigued by it, but then you know, much like I said, it's series. You know, if it, when I was watching this before, I was like, oh, "Yeah, I'm going to watch this on Netflix yeah. for sure." And then it's a series, and I'm like, "Well, what does that mean?" So, yeah, I think for me, it looks like that weird folk horror of something like The Wicker Man, but also has like the devil inhabiting a priest sort of vibe. the The song choice was so clever because for me i know that song from winnie the pooh that's the soundtrack that was on right and so the use of it i've watched that trailer probably nine times and i can't get enough of it i absolutely love it um and it's very similar in title to our next uh film this is the film uh written and directed by fron kranz starring jason isaacs uh martha plimpton and dowd um reed bernie brenda wheel and michelle and carter uh that is mass uh, Mass tells the story of the aftermath of a violent tragedy that affects the lives of two couples in very different ways. What do you guys think about the trailer for Mass? I'm going to go ahead and assume Chad's not going to like it because it's going to make him have emotions. But oh, yeah. here we go. I thought gross. I'm not going to watch this. <laughs> gross. Gross is what I thought. It's funny because when it, you sent the list of trailers, Mass 
was in front of Midnight Mass. And I knew about Midnight Mass. And I was like, oh, he means Midnight Mass. So I watched Midnight Mass. And then I got down to on your list where you had Midnight. I was like, oh, there's a mass. I, then I watched that. I was like, gross, gross, gross. <laughs> um, what's the name of the other actress in it? It's Martha Plimpton and... And Dowd. And Dowd. I, I got to tell you, I, we were talking about this the other day. I, I think Jason Isaacs is phenomenal. I don't think he gets utilized enough. I, I want to see Jason Dowd. Da- Jason Dowd. Uh, I want to see Jason Dowd. I want to see Jason Isaacs go toe to toe with some big boys more and more. Um, I think Ann Dowd is terrifying. She's so intimidating on screen. I, her presence in everything I've ever seen is just overwhelming. I cannot wait. And I like the fact that they're on opposite sides of the table. Yeah. Because I think I think it's going to be absolutely explosive yeah. uh, and I, I, I think with the talent at that table and i can't remember the other guy's name but he works a shit ton um i, I just think that's going to be an ex- that's a powder keg and i'm looking forward to seeing how long that powder keg can uh, before it explodes yeah and just from an acting standpoint it's just incredible acting and i i just think it's going to be very intense and all of the high school theater monologues are going to come from that movie that year you know what I mean? oh yeah um but speaking of actors, I'm going to list this cast first, just so you can hear how fucking amazing this next cast is. Kid Cudi, I know I already got you. Uh, Himesh Patel, Tyler Perry, Ariana Grande, Mark Rylance, Matthew Perry, Michael Chiklis, Ron Perlman, Melanie Linsky, Meryl Streep, Gina Gershon, Kate Blanchett, Jonah Hill, Timothy Chalamet, Jennifer Lawrence, and Leonardo DiCaprio. And is that Adam, a reboot of Cannonball Run? I, amen. And Adam McKay's Don't Look Up. The story of two low-level astronomers who must go on a giant media tour to warn mankind of an approaching comet that will destroy planet Earth. What do you guys think about this one? I I would say I love the the fact that it just... I didn't know what the hell it was about until all of a sudden they reveal the asteroid. I'm like, yes! I cannot believe what this movie is about. That's hysterical. What an unbelievable cast. I'm a huge fan of Adam McKay's movies. I, I just think he just a level of intelligence and his uh, he, he did such a great job of combining comedy and just great writing and he's got a great eye um i love the fact that he attracts such just the top talent i it, i'm looking forward to this uh, very much very yeah, much me too you yeah, it's super fun yeah and leo doing comedy I'm, I'm here for this all day. I love um, it when he does comedy. And he's not trying to be like the best looking guy in the room. He's, yeah. You know. He just naturally yeah. is. Fucker. <laughs> I don't know. Once upon a time in Hollywood, I don't know if he was the best guy, that's best looking guy point, in the room. That's a good point. Good no. point. That Bruce Lee guy was good looking. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm here for it. And I'm also here for this next one. Uh, written and directed by Christian Carrion. Um Starring James McAvoy, Claire Foy, and Jamie oh, yeah. Kai. This movie's called My Son. Uh, driving in the heart of the Highlands, Edmund Murray receives a call from his ex-wife in tears. Her seven-year-old son went missing from a campsite. Soon it becomes clear that the child was kidnapped and the parents give way to despair. But more importantly than the plot, what attracts me to this movie is the experimental style of filmmaking. What happens here is everyone in the film was given a script except for James McAvoy. So his entire performance is improvised. Prior to the making of the film, he was given a document that told him everything he would need to know about his character. And in each scene, he's given certain bullet points that if this happens, react this way. If this happens, react this way. But everything is one take. Everything is improvised by McAvoy. Go for it. 
Uh, that's my son. What did you guys think about the trailer for my son? I want to say real fast. I texted Rob separately about this and I said, please watch this one for the podcast because I definitely want to hear your thoughts. Yours too, Keith, but I knew you were going to watch it. So I didn't have to like reiterate to watch this. Yeah. Both of you guys being actors. Problem you know, child. Yeah. I really wanted to get your guys because I, I just find this fascinating and especially like, Rob, I don't know your method, but Keith, but Rob, you know how he he rehearses it. He rehearses it. He learns the material, not necessarily what the words on the page are, but what's mm-hmm. going on. So I just I just love to hear what you guys. It's almost like this. Rob can't be spontaneous. When he's acting. That's crazy. <laughs> Keith, Keith is a big fan of my improv. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so sad. It's so sad. Uh, I, I again, I. I I thought the trailer was fine. It was dark. It was grim. It was it, it was bleak in the best ways. It, it was it, that that's what this movie is. It's 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 a it's a thriller. It's a dramatic thriller. I'm a huge fan of McAvoy. We we, you know, we talk all the time. You know, I've been a bit fan of his a long time. Um, what he did in uh, in Glass and in uh, what was one in Split? Split. I just I, I just don't think has gotten enough talk and enough credit. I'm sure he gets the credit. Don't get me wrong. I think he's spectacular. Um, I, I don't even want to see the trailer. I saw the trailer. The trailer's fine. It's good. I can't wait to see it. I, I want to see this movie just knowing what he did. Yeah. Just just being, uh, just sitting there on the edge with him, realize, you know, just realizing he's experiencing, like you said, it's that's sort of the that's sort of the hook here. As you experience it, he's experiencing it. You know, yeah. it's not, there's nothing, he knows who he is. He knows what came before. He knows his backstory. He knows his relation, but he has no idea what's coming. No idea what's coming. Um, I think that's exciting to watch. Do we know when that's coming out, by the way? I mean, I don't remember seeing a... Uh, no, that would require research. So no. <laughs> I'll, I'll check it out. I'll see if I can find it for you, Rob. But it, it, I agree. I, I think it's so... And it's a testament to his acting capabilities, too, because that requires a level of adhering to what your understanding of this character is. Yeah. To be, to be stuck in that, right? But knowing you only get one shot at this knowing you have to roll with those punches no matter what um yeah especially and i think a murder mystery detective noir is the perfect way to do this because you're discovering things throughout i think i think it looks brilliant i think mcavoy is the actor to do it and he's really distinguishing himself as an actor willing to take risks and do interesting things that being said i can't wait to find out how many times they did a second take because he wasn't yeah yeah that's okay that i mean just going into this yeah. Knowing what the parameters are is pretty cool. Um, our, our next up, uh, Jan, if you find that release date, just let me know. But yeah. uh, the next one is a film written and directed by Alessio Della Valle, um, starring Emil Hirsch, Jonathan Reese Myers, and Michael Madsen. The movie is called American Night. It also has Jeremy Piven, but I didn't say that because I don't give a shit. Neo-noir set in the New York City's corrupt contemporary art world where the art dealer, John Kaplan, and the ruthless head of New York's mafia, Michael Rubino, fight for money, art, power, and love. Uh, this is like the 19th movie we've had on the podcast with Jonathan Rees Myers this year. And I just don't give a shit about Jonathan Rees Myers, I've discovered. Uh, it also has Paz Vega in it. I like her. I might see it for her. Yeah, nice. Uh, what did you guys think about the trailer for American Night? I got, I got that information first. Uh, my son comes out on Peacock September 15th. Oh, so, oh soon. Next week. Uh, yeah, next week. Awesome. 
Oh, cool. We should have an acting party in Washington. <laughs> that's the lamest thing you've ever said. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Uh, what do you guys think? That's, about- that's a pretty high bar, too. Yeah. So, yeah. So, American uh, Night is that what it was? You said, yeah. yeah. This, this trailer did not hold my interest Me at all. It was just loud music, shoot 'em ups. It, it just I was just completely uninterested in this. Same here. Cool. Fuck it. Let's move on. Uh, next trailer that we have is for a film called Runt. Uh, Runt is directed by William Coakley. Uh, tells a neglected and unsupervised, a group of high school seniors are pulled into a downward cycle of violence. It stars Cameron uh, Boyce, Brianna Hildebrand, who we know is uh, next on yeah. Warhead. Jason Patrick uh, is one of the coaches. In, in, uh, actor. Yeah, yeah exactly. amazing actor. Um, I, this trailer was weird like because i didn't know where it was going to go i didn't know if this was a school shooting if this was a revenge story if this was a horror movie i i couldn't put my finger on what was happening how, how did you feel it was a little tough to watch because you know that main actor he's passed away yeah um so it was a little tough in that regard but brianna Hibbert, i love her negasonic team that's fine tragedy girls that's that's where it's at with her like yeah. i love her uh, to me, this seemed like uh, a Stephen King writing his Richard Bachman movie. No. That's what oh, it seemed I can like. That. I can see that. That's what it was. Um, you know, again, I was thinking the same way. Is it going to be a school shooting? What, what's going to happen? Um, but I mean, it's, it was interesting, but that, that's, yeah. you know, about all I could say about it. Who's the actor that passed away? Cameron Boyce, um, which I didn't even remember until you just said that. That's, wow. yeah, that's crazy. He was like a maybe a Disney Channel star for, yeah. you know, when he was oh, like younger, okay, I mean, this he passed away like over a year ago, so this this movie this must been have been in the can for a while, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, uh, this next one that we're talking about is a television series, uh, it will be premiering on Paramount Plus, uh, created by Hugh Dillon and Taylor Sheridan. Um, the McCluskey family, power brokers in Kingstown, Michigan, where, where the business of incarceration is the only thriving industry. Tackling themes of systemic racism, corruption, and inequality, it is Mayor of Kingstown, starring Jeremy Renner, Kyle Chandler, Fevin Abera, uh, Amish Alan Headley, Toby Batmuffa, Hugh Dillon, Michael Beach, Elizabeth Earhart. Uh, it's got a great little cast um, to it. Um, what do you guys think about the trailer for the Mayor of Kingstown? I feel like this is the type of show. I mean, it looked, looks well done that if it was on Netflix or something like that, more people would be talking about it. Agreed. But it's Paramount Plus. So yeah. I don't know what, what kind of traction it's going to get. But I do feel like it, it could be really good. Yeah, it looks to me like a reaction to Mayor of Easton. Uh, um, like, but... I, it looks fine, but it, the Paramount Plus thing was a weird that that caught me off guard. The same way the thing on Peacock that catches me off guard. That's where that movie's going. You know, it's like well, that's a weird streaming service to pick. But you know, more power to you. I got them, so I'll watch it. The war is on. The war is real, and everybody's battling for. I heard some really weird numbers about Peacock about just about subscribers today. You know, it was they listed themselves as having fifty million subscribers. Peacock, but they have a free service. You know. And I heard that 30 million of people have the free service, but but the majority only turn the service on once a month. So that free service is where they make ads. So they're not making a lot of money on the ads. And only five 
I want to say 5 million are actually the top tier. So the full rate like Netflix gets or HBO, where Netflix has over 200 million subscribers, Disney's got about, I want to say a buck 15. Um, you know, they're really, really struggling for paid subscribers. And so they're, they're investing. I mean, they've got, they've got to compete in the war. They can't give up. So they're going to, that's why, you know, Halloween Kills is doing a split, is doing day and date with, with Peacock. They're wow. doing day and date with the Peacock paid. Um, I, I, think it's, I think it might be Paramount, isn't it? No, it's Peacock. It's is Peacock because it? it's, it's universal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. You're right. You're right. And uh, so they're doing day and date, but with the with the with the paid tier one, you you can get it. And Paramount's also spending a lot of money on unlimited series right now. You know, long slow exhale shot here, and it's again very expensive with with a you know big name cast. They're really again. That's well, not all the cast is big name. Let's not. <laughs> well, some of us have to work craft services. Too. You know, <laughs> um, but but they are spending their money big time on these. On these limited, because they, 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 they can get great writing, you know yeah. they're not bound to a twenty-four episode season. They can really, it was. It's interesting to see what this war again. It's we're lucky because we get good quality stuff. Problem is, it's you got to spread your viewership everywhere right now. Yeah. Well, yeah, if you hit something, if you hit on something though, like yeah. if you create a show that's the next Breaking Bad, then you'll get yeah. subscribers. You yeah. create the next Absolutely. Game of Thrones, you'll get subscribers. Yeah. So that's yeah, they're gonna throw stuff at the wall, yeah. just to try to get that. So. You All know, my it, questions. When the when the hell are we reviewing CIA? That's what oh, I want to know. It's coming soon. That's coming soon. <laughs> now, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, it's somewhere on the thing. Well, fuck it. Let's do CIA right now. I, I don't see <laughs> it on my thing right now. Uh, yeah, CIA is about a monkey. Uh, that shit looked terrible. That's that looked awful. I'll, I'll be. I'll be. I gotta awful. tell you, the lead the lead bad guy. I don't know if that was supposed to be German or Nazi. I guess it was cracking me up. I don't know what the fuck he was doing. I was laughing yeah. at him. I don't know. Oh, Schwank. Bad. His last name was Schwank. Yeah, that was rough, man. That was what a rough hell? trailer. I feel like maybe four-year-olds. That's that's the window. A four-year-old might like this, but once you're like five, you're like, that's a lame movie, guys. Like it, it looks terrible. It looks I was terrible. Surprised Jason Alexander wasn't in the trailer. I was wait. I thought it was like a Dunstan checks. <laughs> I think he's beyond that. I think that's beneath him. I it think it might be. It might be. Uh, but I also think the the next trailer that I'll talk about, let, let's sandwich this in because this is one of the other worst trailers I've ever seen in my life, it is uh, Surviving the Game. That shit looked terrible with Bruce Willis and uh, Chad Michael Murray. That was one of the worst trailers I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I've not seen it, and I won't. It's, it's oh, so, oh, my gosh. So bad that the music, like you know how that they'll generally have the slow pop song in it. This one's just repeating things that are happening. So it's like you see Bruce Willis hide behind a car, and then the song goes hiding behind a car, and like that's it's so fucking bad. It's the worst trailer I've probably ever seen in my life. Um, Does Bruce Willis know he's a huge star? So listen, the thing about Bruce Willis that I found this trailer to be, it was crazy because I thought, Bruce, what are you doing? Because it literally looks like he doesn't know what the movie's about. He shows up on the day and he says line and they tell him the line and he, they say action. He says it, cut, moving on. It, he, his acting is so horrible in this trailer. It's, it's bad. Did he get in financial, like Nick Cage financial trouble for a while where he did? Because I've never, nobody's heard, I've never heard that rumor. I don't know. Uh, the rumor is that he now has a contract where it's a million a day. And so if you could pay a million dollars, you get Bruce Willis for one day. 
That's not Bruce Willis, though. He, he was not Bruce Willis. I mean, I don't know what to say. He was he was clearly not trying at all. That it was Rob. a paycheck. It it was unbelievable. Yeah, Bruce Willis in this trailer. I, I couldn't believe it, honestly. It's rough. Uh, and I don't even want to talk about it anymore. It loses sour taste in my mouth. Uh, let's talk about the next one, uh, which the next movie stars Grace Van Patten, Mia Goth, Sacco, and Juliette Lewis, directed by Karen Sonori. It's called Mayday. Anna is transported to a dreamlike and dangerous land where she joins an army of girls engaged in a never-ending war. Though she finds strength in this exhilarating world, she realizes that she's not the killer they want her to be. So it's like this weird fucking Peter Pan female... I don't know what this is. I don't know what this is. Well, I thought at the very beginning it was like a modern day like sirens, you yeah, know, because there were was, there are three of them and they're yeah. some about the water and they're luring people to their death. And then I was like, okay, I'm on board for a modern day, you know, siren story maybe. But then it got super weird, like you said. I was like, I don't, I don't understand what's going on. It's it, yeah. it was out there. I'm kind of here for it because it's Juliet Lewis and I'm me, but it's weird. It's a weird trailer. Very weird. I also love the way they do the title. I thought the way they did the title in the trailer was very fucking creative uh, because they, because Rob looks confused or like he shit himself. Uh, they spell it out letter oh, by letter, yeah. but they're using the alpha, uh, the uh, military alphabet to do it. Um, so it's just very interesting. It's just, clever it's a weird trailer uh but i liked it a lot uh let's move on to our next one because uh i have to pee and let's get through this stuff we have like 19 more uh the next film is directed by uh, directed and written by christian long and justin long starring melanie linsky judy greer and justin long it's called lady of the manor it tells the story of an aimless narrative well who becomes a tour guide in historic estate and winds up befriending the manor's resident ghost uh, it's also got Ryan Phillippe in it, Luis Guzman, Patrick Duffy, uh, Nick Morgellis, uh, Cassidy Reyes. Got a nice little cast. Uh, and it looks kind of funny to me. Uh, Chad, what did you think about Lady of the Men? Yeah, I thought it looked kind of funny, but you know how I feel about Judy Greer. I love her. So the fact that it looked kind of funny and she's, you know, hamming it up. Yeah, I'll, I'll check this out. Whoever, how. You know what? I, I saw this trailer. You did? I thought it was actually pretty damn funny. And I've yep. always loved the lead actress. I mean, I, I wasn't a big two and a half men, but I, I seem to somehow, uh, you know, psychically connected to her. Every time she was guest starring on it, those are the episodes I caught. I just, I, I was just in love with her. I thought she was great. And she, she was, uh, she appeared, she did a nice job in that Hulu, in the Castle Rock. She, I think she was in yep. season two of Castle Rock. I thought she was funny as crap in this trailer. I, I'm looking forward to this. And again, I love Judy Greer. So this is, this, is, this I mean, it looks like it's going to go straight to streaming. So when yeah. it does... I'm ready. Yeah. Exactly. I like Justin Long too. So I'm, I'm yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Big fan. It's hard not to like him. Yeah. yeah. He seems like a really nice guy. So just in general. So I'm here for that. Where I, also, uh, I also like the star of this next film, Dan Stevens. The film yeah. also stars Marin Eggert and Sandra Hewler, um, directed by Maria Schrader. It is called I'm Your Man. In order to obtain research funds for her studies, a scientist accepts an offer to participate in an extraordinary experiment. For three weeks, she used to live with a humanoid robot created to make her happy. Uh, this film's off Deutsch, entirely in German, but looks super fun, like a nice, interesting romantic comedy. It looks like a classic romantic comedy. Like it reminds me of like a When Harry Met Sally sort of vibe. 
Um, how did you guys feel about it? It reminded me of, really honestly, like a Black Mirror episode, but quirkier. Oh, yeah. So, I can see that. so there's that one I can't remember with, uh, I can never say his name, Domhnall Gleeson, where she brings him back to life. With Haley Atwell. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it kind of reminded me of that a lot, but like, again, more not as dark and, you know, want to slit your wrists after it's over, you know, it yeah. was, it just seemed more fun or whatever. So, and I like, I like the lead actor too, from, um, you know, the guest, he was super cool in that. Yeah. I so, agree. Yep. Uh, uh, just a quick correction. I believe uh, the pronunciation is Donald Gleason. Donald. I don't know why weird spelled D-O-M-H-L-B. Donald. For those of you playing at home, Donald. Well, you would know that because you've, you've worked with him, right? Is that correct? Oh, did I? Oh, I, I, I forgot that. Yeah, I thought Thank so. You it's, it, I don't know why you slid your IMDb oh. link into the chat. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is, is that's not how you pronounce it, but that's what Rob called him the whole time. And, yeah. and Rob's like the kid that they don't want to like correct. They're like, look, it's okay. I know he was, he's he was supposed wrong to be angry at you the whole time. <laughs> it worked for him. Um, but but talking about learning a, a lot of stuff the next thing that i want to talk about is a clip um, no no cl- clips are bad this is a good one though from an educational program uh starring steve burns nickelodeon in order to celebrate uh, i think it's the 25th anniversary of their show blues clues uh they brought back the original host to address the audience uh and it's just fucking taking the internet by storm so there's no way we can't talk about it. I wasn't a Blues Clues kid. I'm a, older than that. Rob was born no, and had the, the color thing. blue. I don't even uh, know what Blues Clues is. There you go. Uh, but Chad, did you watch this Blues Clues address? I did, and I thought, Keith, why is this on the list? Do you need a hug? Is I kind of do. Like, I, I don't understand. Were you a Blues Clues kid or was that fashion? No way. <laughs> I just thought this video was endearing. It was charming as hell. And it's been the number one trending thing until today. And 9-11 is what replaced it. So for a fucking week, Blue's Clues was the number one trending thing because of this video. That's just the power. That's true leadership when we need it the most. Uh, Yeah. So there you go. Uh, I think it's awesome. Go watch that. Uh, The next uh, trailer is for a film directed by Justin Corsby. Starring Michael Dorman, Sophia Bush, and Dermot Mulroney. Uh, a gritty love story about a charismatic but down-on-his-luck troubadour living out of a cheap motel and making bad decisions. Hard luck love song. What do you guys think about the trailer for this one? Uh, it said in the trailer, I'm going to read it because I wrote this down. It said, a crime thriller wrapped in a love story wrapped in a neo-noir western. I will pass on all three of those things. So, <laughs> but them together, no by A24. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's much more independent than that. But it does have the RZA and Eric Roberts in it. So I'm saying there's some quality right there for it. Um, I, I thought it looked pretty, but I don't know what the fuck it's about. Yeah, pretty yeah. forgetful. Oh. When you were talking about it, I was like, I don't even remember. What is he talking about? Which one is this one? <laughs> Damn, he's on Keith, fire. We should all be as overexposed as Eric Roberts. I think oh, we should all have. I think he's got like 600 IMDb credits right now. It's it's something ridiculous. Yeah, look up IMDb real fast. See Eric yeah. Roberts, how many? I'm, I'm sure his rate is a little bit less than a million a day, though. Yeah, yeah, yes. he's Fycor, so yeah, he can but do it. I'm still thinking. He, I'm still thinking he has. I, if I'm not, let's find out if he's got 600 IMDb credits. I'm not even joking. 
but he's not the most. I, I think the person with the most is like an, uh, a Bollywood actor. But Eric Roberts is way the fuck up there. So he definitely, um, uh, he's been in so much stuff that he's been in like three just, things with Adam. Just Lee. as an actor, it's five hundred and sixty-four. Wow! Holy shit! That's wow! Yeah, Jesus but seven thirty-seven total. Jesus Christ! He'll be at six hundred as an actor by the end of the. <laughs> but by tomorrow, he'll be yeah, in the podcast. Yeah. He's got somebody um, just uploading his credits professionally. That's yeah. um, let's talk about our next uh, trailer for a television series on Hulu created by Danny Strong, starring Michael Keaton, Peter Sarsgaard, Will Poulter, Rosario Dawson. Uh, who else is in this thing? Will Chase. Keep going down a little bit further. A little uh, bit further. Phil- uh, Philippa Sue. She's amazing. Okay, uh, a little bit further. Uh, I'm not on the main list. I would have to go through the next one, the next page. It's weird. I'm not on the front page. It's weird. Uh, but the series takes viewers to the epicenter of America's struggle with opioid addiction from the boardrooms of Purdue Pharma to a distressed Virginia mining community to the hallways of the DEA. This is, of course, the trailer for Dope Sick. Uh, what do you guys think about the trailer for Dope Sick? You know, I'm not just saying this because you're in it, but it looked good. Yeah. Uh, yeah it looked really good. Yeah. And so I, I went to IMDb to see what you're playing. And it's, of course, it says Keith Brooks, dealer. Yeah, of course, you're a dealer. <laughs> yeah. I, didn't, yeah, I didn't think you'd be like, huh, doctor. <laughs> <You know? laughs> doctor, dealer. Yeah, uh, Keith Brooks, brain surgeon? No, yeah. you're a dealer. Well, you're a dealer. I could be the dealer of brains. No, I'm a dealer. I'm a dealer. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I mean, you might, at the most, you might be cutting out kidneys on the black market. You mm-hmm. might do that. Organ dealer. But Organ yeah, dealer. that's it. Yeah. But yeah, it looked but, good. Yeah, looked looked pretty good. It did look it did look good. I mean, I I don't think there was any doubt that the production quality and level. I, Michael Keaton doesn't attach himself to anything under a certain level of quality. He's not Bruce Willising anything. <laughs> um, 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 before I bail on you guys, two trailers, uh, real quick. Uh, the trailer for the new. They actually doing a new season of Dexter. Well, we we um, literally only have like five trailers left. That's right? way too many. Way too many. Um, to, there's a new season of Dexter. I want you guys to watch the track. Was anybody here? Were you guys a fan? Did you guys watch the show, Dexter? I watched Excellent the show, show, but I haven't watched the new trailer yet. Okay, you need to watch I it. I didn't and watch the show. Um, great show. Um, Goliath is a show that's been on. Dexter's a really good show. Dexter was a really good show. I mean, each season, you know, it's you know, it's yeah. different, but um, excellent show across the board, I would say. Um, Goliath, Billy Bob Thornton's weird Amazon Prime. They, re- they released a trailer for season four. This looks phenomenal. Um, I don't want to give it away. I don't want you guys to watch it. We will discuss next time what you think about it. Even though you guys haven't watched the show, I wanted, I'm curious what you think about this trailer. J.K. Simmons is playing the bad guy. Um, it looks fantastic. That's what I'm saying to you guys. Watch it. Live it. No clips, Chad. All trailers. I like it. Thank you. And none of those things are distributed by 824. Okay. <laughs> I think it'd be better by doing that. Um, Keith, Keith and I are in neither of them, so the quality yeah, is automatically better, um, which will be nice. I have to get up early and go coach, so I'm going to let you guys uh, wrap this up. Cool. I, I need to go take my Geritol, uh, brush my teeth, put on my pajamas, uh, you say my prayers, and uh, and do all that shit. No, is that not what I'm doing? You can tell uh, when a person's old when they tell you their bedroom routine and it takes them 45 yeah. minutes to go through. Well, no, sorry, I, gotta, I, gotta, I gotta get out of here real fast. Let me tell, tell you everything. I gotta prop my feet up. I gotta go pet my dogs. Give you guys the finger. You guys did a great job tonight. Um, hold down the fort. 
uh, send it to me when you want me to upload it, but I'm not going to make it to the end. Too many Would trailers. Too Get many your assistant to lay out your PJs for you. Yeah. Too many trailers. I just, I, I'm tapping out. Too many trailers. In the time he said tapping out, we could have gone over the last Too four trailers, trailers that we had. So I'm going to leave you guys. I thought I could make it to 1130. I can't. I can't do it. So oh. I'm going to leave you guys. I will talk tomorrow. Uh, I look forward to it. Uh, good luck. God bless. Uh, at Rob Pralgo on uh, YouTube. That's Jeez, this is lasting longer than the COVID <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> I'm going to go get my booster shot. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go drink a protein shake and uh, I'm going to go watch me an episode of elementary. <laughs> That's why we go fall asleep watching. Chad, I love your t-shirt. Keith? Keith? Yeah, he has nothing <laughs> good to say to you. That makes sense. And, uh, I'll talk to you guys soon. Au revoir. Bye. But So what's funny about that is he's like, there's just too many trailers, guys. We're just talking about too many. But let me tell you about these other two that, yeah. that I didn't even, we didn't even text about. Did that make two more elementary? <laughs> oh my and gosh. <laughs> well, let, let's finish these uh, last four trailers and then we'll go watch elementary ourselves. Uh, this uh, next one is called Zero Contact, directed by Rick Dugdale, starring Anthony Hopkins, Alex Poon. Fuck, I don't know what the guy's name is. Veronica Ferris. Um, it seems to be produced in 17 different countries entirely virtually during the 2020 global pandemic. What do you think about this trailer for Zero Contact? So, you know, host on Shudder had a movie, not, not similar to this, but like no. structure or whatever you want to call it. Uh, what am I trying to say? I, they're, they're all on Zoom. Or or Zoom like yeah. Yeah. None of them were together, you know, when it was during the pandemic, you know, the way they filmed it. So uh, host was really well done. This one is, uh, it seems a lot more, a lot bigger in scope. To yeah. I don't know if they're going to succeed. This one seems like stock footage, the movie. Like, uh, it's <laughs> definitely there's some of that. And it just looked not good. But I could understand why Anthony Hopkins would sign on because he's like, oh, that sounds interesting and then just does the movie but like from his from his house yeah from his house (laughs) of course show off how fucking fancy that house is dr Lecter. but i did nothing (laughs) about this movie captivated me whereas the james mcavoy experiment i was all on board for this just looked boring as fuck so that's how i felt about it um so let's go on to the next one which i did not find boring this is an animated film directed by matt peters on an alternate Earth, the Joker tricks Superman into killing Lois Lane, which causes a rampage in the hero. Superman decides to take control of Earth. Batman and his allies will have to attempt to stop him in Injustice, Gods Among Us, the movie. Starring Jillian Jacobs as Harley Quinn, Laura Bailey as Lois Lane, Anson Mount as Batman, Oliver Hudson as Plastic Man, Kevin Pollock as the Joker, Justin Hartley as Superman, uh, Janet Varney as Wonder Woman, Anika Noni Rose as Catwoman, uh, Yuri Lowenthal as Mirror Master. Um, and I think that's all the Farin Tahir as Raza Ghul. That's pretty awesome. Um, I think that's all the names I know. What did you think about this Injustice trailer? So Superman's pissed. That's pretty cool. Yeah, but but um, so I never played the Injustice video game. Is that what this is based on? Yeah, I, I think it's more based on the comic books than the video game specifically. And, and I'll tell you why. The video game, which I love because it's by the creators of Mortal Kombat, this happens on one Earth, but then 
the Joker and Harley are our heroes and they go get superheroes from a different earth to come help them. So it's got that crisis on two earths sort of vibe to it. And I feel like this one's not going to get there. I feel this one's going to end with Superman killing the Joker. That's going to be. Well, you know, there is a, uh, it's either Batman or Superman comic. I don't know if you've ever read this one, but it's uh, a situation where uh, Lois is in a coma. And the only way that you can get the cure to save her life, the Joker's poisoned her. And you, the Joker's like, Superman, you got to kill me. If you kill me, it'll release the antidote that will, you know, save Lois's life. <laughs> and he, and she's going to die like in 24 hours. And he doesn't do it. He doesn't kill the Joker. He mm. makes the decision to let Lois die instead of Take killing the, the Joker. But the Joker was fucking with him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Lois awoke in 24 hours. So, just, you know, clever Joker. Yeah. That's why he's like the, one of the best villains, if not the best. Yeah. I love him. Yeah. this The comics and the video game both have this iconic panel of Superman punching through the Joker. And I think that's going to be our climactic moment here. Maybe you'll get an Injustice Part 2, which has the interdimensional thing. Um, but I'm going to watch it. I, I, I get all these. It takes me a long time to watch them, but I, I'll, I'll get to it eventually. Um, and, and I'll probably get to this next one eventually as well. Directed by Aaron Cachales. Uh, it's the story of a convicted felon, Jimmy, who gets early parole after serving 12 years for armed robbery. Upon his release, he vows to give Annie, his childhood love, now dying from cancer, the best last year of her life. Unfortunately, it's just not that simple. Starring Jason Sudeikis, Evangeline Lilly, uh, Shea Wiggum, who we mentioned earlier, Mike Coulter, Michael Pare, um, a like great cast. It's called South of Heaven. Uh, what did you think about this trailer? This one didn't really do anything for me. It was cool to see Luke Cage, but that was about the extent of it. It was interesting to me to see Jason Sudeikis play such a serious, trying to be a badass sort of character. You know what I mean? Um, and, and just for the novelty of that, I'll probably watch it because I think he can pull it off. I think he's a very talented guy. Ted Lasso. Yeah, I, th- I think he's talented for sure. Yeah. Um, and I love Evangeline Lilly. I'm a huge crush on her. Um, the next film uh, has no information on the IMDb. Nothing about who it's starring, who's directing it, anything like that. It's, it has a release date of October 12, 2021. It's called Stop and Go, and it's about two girls on a road trip in the time of covid trying to help their grandmother out of a home or something like that uh a comedy uh yeah what did you think about this trailer uh i dug this trailer a lot i thought it was very funny yeah and unlike the um james mcavoy covid one where i didn't want to live it again necessarily on screen this one was a lot more fun you know a road trip covid it was very, very funny. And um, yeah, I couldn't find anything about it online, but my daughter watched this and she was losing her mind because she knew everyone in the trailer. It's, there's some sort of troupe, comedy troupe that she used to watch when she was younger. And I'm, and I, oh, I that's crazy. I can't remember what it, what it was, what the, yeah. the troops called or whatever, but it was like something on Nickelodeon or something like that. And these are all and Studio C, maybe Studio C, I think is what it was called. It might be like a Canadian troop or something like that. Okay. And uh, so she was like, oh my God, that's so-and-so. Oh my God. It's like everybody in the thing was a part of that troop. So it's almost like, you know, Broken Lizard, you know, Super yeah. Troopers or something, yeah. but with these. So she knew them all. 
But regardless, me not knowing any of them still looked like a lot of fun. It looked like a lot of fun. It looked hilarious. Um, it looked like good service and a, and a good way to get past some of the hangups that COVID has given us. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like that trailer. There's a lot of trailers, a lot of movies to cover, a lot of bullshit to deal with Rob, but fucking thank God we got through them all. Um, well, there's one more that yeah. I had here because I really wanted to talk about that one because I liked it, The Guilty. I didn't see that one. So tell me, tell me that trailer. Oh, you haven't seen that. Okay. I thought you put that on the list, but. Rob made me write it, but I haven't watched it yet. Oh, okay. It's Jake Gyllenhaal and he's a 911 operator. So, so it very easily could be shot during the pandemic as well. Yeah. Because it seems like he is on the phone most of the time, Mm. but check that trailer out because my jaw was on the floor at the beginning. I was like, Oh, this is awesome. That's all very well done. It's a Netflix movie. So Great. I'm here. I love you. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm here for that then. But yeah. ever since bubble boy, he had me. Um, so cool. So that's, that, that's uh, our wonderful podcast. Chad, tell uh, the folks where they can find you. Find me on Twitter, Chad, one, two, nine X and the podcast on Twitter NQC podcast. That's great. And if you need to find me, just look up Rob Prago on Instagram And uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Tune in next week to hear more about the things Rob doesn't like, uh, the trailers he didn't watch, and watch him pussy out early and not be here for the rest of the 10 minutes that we needed to finish. Five of which he was talking about his bedtime routine. God damn. And then we all know he's just going to watch Matlock, (laughs) eat some like biscotti, pass out with it on his chest, and that's it. So, anyway. All right, I'm gonna go let puppies out. Uh, you're pretty, sir. Pleasure seeing you. Thank you. All right, bye, sir. Peace. Bye. Oh, uh, yeah, cool. All right, see you. Not quite cool is a podcast recorded in Atlanta, Georgia, in conjunction with Actors Teaching Actors and Bean Dip Productions. Thanks.